Hey everyone, I'm back, ready to roll, and going to be putting out some picks, some podcasts, and getting back into the game. I took a little hiatus. Um, I have since moved to Houston, Texas, and I, I'm back. I had this interview that I've been holding on to with uh, Joe Gregory, a good friend of mine, and uh, plan on putting it into into the open now. It's got all the kind of analysis you'll want to hear about draft class, um, the over-under totals for teams, and we really go through every single team in the NFL and what we think their future is going to look like in the 2022-23 season. So I hope you enjoy this. Follow HFT Bets on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, I'll put picks out on Twitter if I'm running late on games, but if you know me, I take a side on every side, every total, And so there will be lots of cool and fun things to come with the football season starting up again. Um, I'm not going to beg for likes and subscribes to this podcast, but if you want more, uh, there is an Instagram and Twitter, which I'll try my best to make as active as possible. You got to keep in mind, I work a very long hour job for the entire week. So this is definitely a spare time project going to be getting more consistent, starting it back up after my little hiatus. Um, but stick around for after the interview uh, for my kind of takes on the picks. These are it's a little bit of a dated podcast. Um, happened several weeks ago, so with some news that came out um, in the NFL, some of the over under totals might be a little different. But uh, for the actual final locks of of my over under totals, stick around for the end of the podcast, or you can just skip all the way through if you really aren't interested. But Joe is one of the most interesting, entertaining guys I know. So I hope you enjoy the interview. And here's Smoking Joe. All right, I'm here with the Joe Gregory. Uh, six years working at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, five. five years working at the Carolina Panthers. Um, and recent uh, employee of UNC Football. Uh, Joe, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, Christian. Recent yeah. hire. I haven't actually started working at UNC yet. See, a, a man, a man who's very, very humble, but a man who also has a lot to say. The master of fantasy football, my expert draft uh, analyzer, uh, Joe Gregory, and I have been friends for for some time now, and wanted to have this guy on so that we could talk about the draft that happened over the NFL. Uh, back in April, and as well as looking ahead to the 2022-23 season. But Joe, uh, you have an interesting story. You actually have a nickname from Cam Newton. Yeah. Care, care to elaborate on that? Yeah, I do. So uh, one time I was in the middle of practice down in Spartanburg, and uh, Cam Newton was asking for a certain kind of Gatorade, and he abbreviated it when he uh, was asking for it. So it could have it been multiple things. But I thought I thought he meant orange Gatorade. So I went. So what do you call it? Like O O Gatorade? There we go. No, he said, uh, "Where's my orgy at?" Oh, oh yeah. um, <laughs> well, so I uh, I went and I got it. I got I got him orange Gatorade. Brought it to him. Say here you go, can. Takes a sip of it, spits it out. Goes, "Damn, Joe, are you smoking or something?" And then he kind of thought, like, took a second, and then he kind of thought to himself, and he's like, "Smoking Joe." <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so he actually wanted organic Gatorade, which was kind of this niche drink that we had that year. Interesting. All right. Organic Gatorade. I've never heard of it, but uh, Smoking Joe then. All right. 
Well, I'm sure with the uh, takes that you'll be giving, uh, people will be asking whether or not you've been smoking, hopefully. Oh, that is for sure. They're well, gonna, I'm sure you've got a lot going some on. Some of these are going to come out of left field. Um, I bet. Oh, my gosh. I actually just recently got a text. Baker Mayfield was at a beer garden in North Carolina, and my current roommate actually just met him. So that's interesting. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's wild. So live, live update right there. But... Let's talk about the uh, 2022 draft because this was a very, very interesting year. A lot of controversy regarding quarterbacks going very, very late in the draft and um, not a lot of hype around the offensive side, but some serious key defensive pieces for some of these teams. Uh, Joe, why don't you start off by going through the top 10 picks Give us kind of your, your your analysis of what you think those picks will be good or bad for the team, whether or not you think they were the right choices, uh, if they could have had better choices, or um, w- you know what this top 10 looks like. Yeah, so first kind of like an overview of just like the draft class itself. Um, the quarterbacks in the media this year were, you know, they the media made the quarterbacks out to be like, oh, this is... This is one of the worst quarterback classes in years. Yeah. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just Mel Kuyper saying that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think I think we'll have, you know, two, maybe three uh, guys turn out out of the, you know, top five that were discussed. All right. Um, excuse me. And uh, when I say turn out, I mean at least, like, you know, top – uh, like seventy five percent, so like top twenty four quarterback. Okay. Uh, like you know, average starter. Um, and some maybe one, maybe two will be better than that, top sixteen or something. Um, but anyway, uh, this draft class in particular, uh, had three really good offensive tackles, mm-hmm. and in the past few years, there hasn't been a whole lot of like really good offensive tackle prospects. Um, so the, the three this year all went inside the top 10. Um, you had Icom, Aquanu, Icky, uh, who went to the Panthers at six. You had Evan Neal go to the Giants at seven. And then Charles Cross go to Seattle at nine. Um, and so each, I'll kind of break them down together. Um, sure. Since they're all the same. Uh, position. So Icom, he is your mauling run blocker. That dude can move people. Um, he's very raw technique wise in pass protection. Um, so he's going to have to work at that there. But the Panthers just recently got a new offensive line coach. Uh, I think it's James Campen. I know his last name's Campen. And he, uh, he came from the Packers and he made, you know, Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley and, you know, guys up there what they are. Sure. Um, so he's he's very good. And I, I think he's more than capable of teaching Icom, uh, you know, and getting him up to be reaching his potential. Yeah, we all know that exactly what Carolina needs is a good offensive line after the absolute garbage heap that they had last season trying to protect Sam Darnold, then Cam Newton. It's, you know, with Baker Mayfield in the pocket, you might want a little bit more protection. Yeah. I mean, I think I think PFF gave us like the thirty first. I want to say it, it was anywhere between thirty and thirty two worst offensive line. Wow! Uh, so we were terrible last year. Um, so then you get uh, Evan Neal, and Evan Neal is 
widely considered by all the popular draft analysis guys out there to have the highest potential of any offensive tackle in this draft, and that's because he's six foot eight, three hundred forty pounds, and looks like he weighs three hundred. Hmm. I mean, dude is a absolute physical specimen. Um, if he reaches his potential, he he could easily be the best offensive tackle prospect in the draft. Yeah. Um, and then Charles Cross at nine. Uh, he is, you know, your most polished pass protecting tackle in the class. He can come in immediately and be a solid, good pass protecting offensive tackle. Now he's not going to contribute as much in the run game, uh, like Ike Laquanu is, um, or even Evan Neal. Although Evan Neal can have trouble since he's so tall. Um, he's 6'8", so his pad level gets a little high at times. But anyway, Charles Cross, really good pass protector, most polished guy out of the three. Um, so that'll be very good for Seattle if they had kept Russell Wilson. But, you know, now they got Drew Locke, so we'll see what happens. I can't. Game. I mean, that's just an absolute – I mean, I don't understand that trade in the slightest. Yeah. That, but, I mean, I mean, do you think that – Pete, Pete's got a chance at all in these next few years. I mean, Pete Carroll's been kind of on the hot seat. Um, you know, you've got the call in the 2014 Super Bowl against the Patriots to, for some reason, pass rather than run. Um, and then has just been hiding ever since. It's, uh, yeah, I think I think he should have held on to Russell and they should have kind of sold out for the now. Like mm. you see some of these teams like the Rams doing. Because they had a lot of really key pieces. You know, they had DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson. Yeah. Rashad Penny is actually looked like I think Rashad I saw something where Rashad Penny was <clears throat> maybe the best or top five uh fantasy running back through like the last six games of the season. Really? So he really came which I had I was completely on. I'm shocked at that, yeah. Yeah. So he had a phenomenal uh Finish to the season. Yeah, because they had Carson was injured for a lot of the season, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, and, and he's a very talented running back. So, and Rashad Penny's, you know, been hurt a lot, and when he's played, hasn't been super impressive. So when I heard that, it kind of caught me off guard. But um, they, you know, Seattle had a lot of good pieces, and then they trade away Russell Wilson, and so now it's like, well, it doesn't matter who's blocking Drew Locke. No, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. So now it's like, well, if you're if you just trade away, you know, a top ten quarterback in the league who has quite a few more years left on him, then you may as well trade every every good player away and just really sell out for the future if you're completely giving up every chance you have at winning a Super Bowl now. Are they locked into contracts with like DK and some of these other guys? Is that the problem? Or? I don't I don't know their cap situation. Yeah. Um but I I know DK hasn't been extended from his rookie contract yet. Okay. Um, and so, so that's up in the air. I think. I think if you're Seattle, I would have kept Russell, kept everyone, sort of, and maybe traded for good players from other teams. But now, since they got rid of Russell, then it's just you know just give everyone away, trade away DK, trade away you know everyone you can get value for, and just rebuild because you gave up all hope of getting anywhere in the playoffs, hmm. you may make a wild card if Drew Locke happens to be just some phenomenal guy. But <laughs> that's, exactly, a big, that's a big if. Exactly as it sounds. Yeah. So I would, you know, I'd sell it for the future folks. Yeah. yeah. I anyway, mean, I, I digress. Yeah. Um, 
So those are the offensive tackles. Then uh, I'll talk about the edge guys next. So you had kind of throughout the whole offseason, everyone's talking about Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. And those were the two guys, Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan defensive end. He's 6'6", like 265. Um, And just incredibly polished and will be an immediate impact right away. Good in the, you know, good at stopping the run, good at stopping, good at rushing the passer. I mean, he's, he's the whole package. It was like, okay, he's going to be the number one pick for like all the months leading up to the draft. And then Kayvon Thibodeau, he's, you know, like kind of was considered the second best edge. Yeah. Prospect. I remember he was, he was all the talk several years ago. He was. Um, when he was a freshman at Oregon. Yeah. That was, I mean, he was the guy. Yeah. And I remember a lot of times you'd get, you know, the, the, the quote unquote experts like Mel Kuyper and them who'd be like, this TV2 guy is going to go, you know, first in the draft in three years, whatever. Mm-hmm. And go. he kind of fell off a little bit because he was injured, right? In, yeah. uh, and that kind of hurt his draft stock. I didn't really pay super close attention to Kayvon Thibodeau since for the listeners, I'm a massive Panther fan <laughs> and we were never really interested in him. So I didn't pay a whole lot of attention. But, uh, he certainly dropped off, like, his draft stock, you know, dropped the closer to the draft he got. Yeah. One of the reasons was people were starting to question, you know, whether he really loves football and if he's going to, you know, his work ethic and stuff, which I think is kind of bullshit. Um, excuse my No, no, no. Uh, but uh, he, because, I'm, you know, you can listen to him interview and you can tell he loves to play football. So I don't and, and why I, I don't know why you would play or go into the draft he did. Yeah. I mean I get there's a lot of money and stuff, but the amount of shit you have to deal with and the training, it's just not worth it unless you really love the sport. Yeah, and so I mean that knock on players is kind of ridiculous unless they clearly show like just they're not interested, they're just doing it to get paid. Yeah. Um and I don't think that's the case with him. I think he will be a good edge player, uh, for the Giants. Um, good pass rusher. And then as you get closer and closer to the draft, especially within like the last week, uh, Trayvon Walker, the edge player from Georgia, just really came on strong. Number one. His draft stock. Number one overall pick. And he, uh, everyone's like, like drooling over his potential. He, everyone's like, okay, if he figures it out, then he's going to be just one of the best edges in the league. Because he's already really good at stopping the run. And he has his physical traits and abilities allow him. So if he, you know, figures out technique and can become a technical pass rusher, that he he could easily, you know, be the best edge out of this class. I'd say Aiden Hutchinson was a safest pick, and Trayvon Walker was kind of the swing for the fences. Sure. Well, I mean, he's the biggest guy, two of them all, right? I think bulkiest. I think Aiden is slightly bulkier. Really, but okay. I think I think Trayvon's bigger than Kayvon. Okay, um, I do believe, um, and we'll get it. We'll get into bulky defensive linemen here in a minute um, with uh, the Eagles pick at number thirteen. But uh, I'll talk about the corners next. They went three and four. <laughs> um, Derek Stingley Jr. I was really surprised at this. Um, I thought I'm a. Gardner was going to be the first corner off the board. I thought the Texans were not going to take a cornerback. It was all about the sauce, man. Everyone loves Sauce Gardner. Oh, they did. Until until that that Alabama game really hurt. 
yep. the career after having not ever been burned uh-huh. in, a, in a college football game. And then all of a sudden, Sauce Gardner goes up against some legitimate wide receivers and just couldn't handle pressure, I guess. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm not, I haven't watched a ton of college football in general. I've never been a huge college football guy, but now I'm getting more and more into it. Get the um, tape, yeah. Yeah, and so I, I don't specifically remember that game, but I do know that I don't think Ama Garner has let up a single touchdown in his whole college career. Yeah. Um, and so I, I just did not expect the Houston Texans to go corner at three. So when they did that as a Panther fan, I was celebrating because I knew we were going to get one of uh, the three offensive tackles, much less have our pick, and we took the first one off the board. Anyway, so What is the strategy behind taking a corner when you've got a team that has just totally fucked up their offense? You know, you do, you've got – I mean, you got Mills, Derek Mills mm-hmm. as a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, nothing rounder from Stanford. Yeah. Or I think third rounder maybe yeah. from Stanford. And – um you know, Fuller was out with PEDs, and you don't have – you know, you traded Duke Johnson, got him for selling Larry Fitzgerald – or not Larry Fitzgerald, uh, uh, help me out. Uh, he's another Cardinal guy, but okay. – um, uh, Oh, my gosh. He's the best wide receiver in the Hopkins. league. Hopkins. Thank yeah. you. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins for Duke Johnson and some picks. Just ugly trade. How, how do you justify not going for an offensive position here? I – if you're the Houston Texans, the only logical reason why you would make this pick is if you truly believe that this player, Derek Stingley Jr., is the best talent available in the draft. And like, is that just to hold Chip and then as he shows his potential, you sell him? Or is it to – like this is a pure business play or is this more – so you're really trying to build up that defense and then just pray that uh, that Mills Nation can just rise and score 25 points. <laughs> or, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, draft strategy around the league is every – the the it's kind of an age-old debate between do you draft for need and you draft the best player available at the positions you need, or do you just draft purely best player available talent-wise? Who's the best player? doesn't matter if we are good at that position or not. We're going to take them. Um, and so that's kind of the two differing philosophies when it comes to drafting. Um, and for me, the only logical reason why the Texans would take that, that guy there is if they truly believe he's the best player available. And they're not trying to draft for need. Because... Like they had so many other positions that they could have gone. If I were the Texans, I would have taken offensive tackle with that pick, right? Easily, because these are the best offensive tackle prospects in years, and you know you need once in a blue moon opportunity. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah, and I I thoroughly believe in building the offensive line before you get a franchise quarterback, because if you look at the Colts <clears throat> with Andrew Luck, they had a bad offensive line. Drafted their franchise quarterback, Andrew Luck, who was really good. He got absolutely demolished mm-hmm. his first few years in the league. Kept getting hurt because he was getting creamed. Then the, you know, the Colts are, oh shit, we got to get an O-line and protect them. Mm-hmm. And then they spend the rest of the years trying to catch up and build an O-line. By and then, he's already out. By then, Luck retires, and now the Colts have one of the best O-lines in the league. 
with a dog shit quarterback in Carson Wentz, who's now at the football team. Yes. And now picking up Matt Ryan. Yeah. Who, let alone is a pocket passer that could probably do some good with a good line. Yeah. Yeah. I actually am, uh, I'm pretty optimistic for the Colts and Matt Ryan. Okay. I really am. Um, and in the past, I've kind of had a personal vendetta hating Matt Ryan as a Panther fan. Um, but I, uh, he made an appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And uh, really came off as a very likable guy. And so now I kind of come around and be like, yeah, maybe Matt Ryan's not so bad after all. Um, so anyway, Jets go Ahmad Gardner. Dude is a animal. Like, definition of lockdown corner. This dude will come in and he will be a lockdown corner day one. He is the most technically, mechanically polished defensive back in a while. I mean, his, and needless to say, the dude's six foot three, which for a corner, for those out there, most corners are like 5'10, 5'11, 6 foot, maybe 6'1, a really big corner, 6'2. You have a, and then you have like phenoms who are like 6'3. And then the Panthers just picked up like the only six foot four cornerback in the league. You're like one of two, Chris Westry. And he's, always been like his potential guy where if he turns out he's really good, but he's kind of still been kind of bouncing around the league. He used to play for the Ravens. Now the Panthers pick him, pick him up this whole yeah. season. ESPN's guy, uh, Matt Miller, compares him to Richard Sherman. What do you think about that? Yeah. I, uh, I'm not sure about that comparison. I, uh, the height is there. They're both 6'3", I believe. Uh, I think Sauce is faster than Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman is your prototypical cover two-corner. He's going to sit in a flat zone, and he's going to, you know, try to take away anything short and force the quarterback to, you know, try to throw a corner over his head in between him and the safety. Um, and so he's he's a and he's a you know one aspect of a cover two corner is you want to be able to press, mm. and a guy you know that size can press, and Sauce is the same way. So there's they have a lot of similarities, but I think. Uh, I think Sauce is a little better in man than Richard Sherman is. Got it. Um, and so that kind of covers everything except the wide receivers. <clears throat> Drake London, 8 to the Falcons, and Garrett Wilson, 10 to the Jets. Drake London is just a absolutely fantastic contested catch wide receiver. <clears throat> he, You can chuck 50-50 balls up to him all day and he'll come down with it. Um, he is massive. He's six foot five, which for those out there, DK Metcalf, you know, widely you know praised and looked up to for his stature. He's six three. Mm. So Drake is, you know, as tall as a tight end. You know, does it hurt his forty? It does hurt his forty. <laughs> it does. DK is faster than Drake. Yeah. Um, well, DK is the self-proclaimed fastest player. In the NFL, and uh, him and Tyreek have gone back and forth over it. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue when you watch that play of DK chasing down Buddha Baker. Yes, uh, on his interception, um, so he can make an argument for it. But anyway, uh, Drake's a big guy, contested catch. That's that's his game. He's not a you know elite route runner. You know? Garrett Wilson, on the other hand, I did not watch a ton of him, but I do know that. Everyone thinks this dude is like really good. He's uh, you know going to be a crispy route runner. He's just an all around great wide receiver. He should come in and produce right away. 
Yeah, I mean, him and Olave, both uh, Ohio State guys going 10 and 11. Um, a lot of praise. I know Olave kind of, uh, I'm pretty sure he was the one that had a little bit of an injury problem. And Ohio State, obviously, with uh, C.J. Stroud, not, not the season that they wanted losing to uh, Michigan. But, um, yeah, definitely uh, it doesn't hurt having Ohio State wide receiver prospects. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm interested in your opinion on, on number 12 though, from the Lions, Jameson Williams yeah. from Alabama. He was injured. Yeah. Um, uh, and arguably, some people believe that if he was not injured, that there was a better chance for Alabama to win that championship against Georgia. I'm not the one saying that. But there are people out there uh, saying that, people who I have lived with saying that, saying that Jameson Williams is uh, the man. And so this is a little bit of a risky pick, right? Given that, you know, just coming out of an injury in the final game, not sure what his status is. Detroit Lions going with number 12. What's your opinion on that? I think you can say without it even being able to argue it, if Jamison Williams stays healthy, obviously he gives Bama a better chance, right? It's it's not saying – I'm not saying they would have won the game or anything, but I'm saying – Having him on the field gives you a whole lot better chance of winning when he's not on the field. Um, you think he's that important of a team uh, of a player to that I'm, team? I mean, a guy as fast as he is, I think he ran like a four two three forty or something like that. Wow. And, and the fastest forty ever recorded was four two four, I believe, by Chris Johnson. And so I think you'll have to look look it up and check me on it. I could be wrong, but I think he ran like a four two three. Just lightning fast, fastest forty ever. So the dude's faster than Tyree Kill, all right, on a forty-yard dash with no pads on. Yada yada yada. Not playing speed, but anyway, he can move. So uh, having a guy like that who can take the top off the defense and also stretches the field a lot. It stretches the field a lot, and then also he can take a screen, you know, seven eight yards or house it. So, giving him the ball on a quick, easy completion can get you, you know, a lot of yards, meaning five, six, seven on a super easy completion, like a slant, a drag, a hitch, a bubble, Mm. anything like that. Um, That's just a super easy way to get yards. So, I I think, you know, speed on a football field is always useful. Um, I don't know, you know, what his ceiling is. But just because of how fast he is, he's a weapon. Awesome. Well, I'll let you take it away with the other picks that you think are interesting. <laughs> yeah, so just uh, one, two. Uh, let me see here. There's three more picks I want to talk about, and then we can talk about the QBs. So 13 Eagles. They get Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle interior defensive lineman from Georgia. The dude is a behemoth. He is 6'6", I believe, 340 pounds. He may even be taller than 6'6". Oh, just absolutely huge. And is strong as an ox. And that saying is used way too frequently. Uh, but you just used it. People. And I just used it Rightly so with this guy. This dude is strong, big, and mean, 
and he will be a absolutely phenomenal run stuff run stuffer for the Eagles. For being almost three hundred and fifty pounds, he ran a four seventy eight forty, which is the fastest run ever recorded by someone over three hundred pounds. What is your thought on that? And he's not just over three hundred pounds. He's almost he's he's halfway to four hundred. He's halfway to four hundred. I mean that just shows you how much of a freak he is and how strong his legs are. To be able to move that weight that fast. Um, so I just, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does for the Eagles. Because he's going on a defensive line with Fletcher Cox. And, uh, golly, what, what's that other guy? I want to say Hargreaves, maybe? Hargraves. Hargraves. Yeah, that's sounds it. right. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, the Eagles have a one of the best D-lines in the NFL now. And I, I really believe that. Um, they're right up there in the conversation. So, now the reason why I want to talk about 14 uh, with the Ravens and actually 25 with the Ravens is I, uh, I saw a really interesting breakdown on YouTube that uh, I forgot who did it, but this guy pointed out the Ravens roster building strategy that they've had, which is to, uh, you know, Pay the money and fork over the money to the guys at the not the most valuable positions, but they can get the best players at the you know at those positions. And so it make they've they've really made a living off doing that. And uh, his his argument was they're they're fleecing the NFL by getting the best players at these you know quote unquote unimportant positions or not as important positions. Um, and they're making a really good team off of it because they can they can get the best players for cheaper. Yeah. Like, right, uh, the best wide receiver is going to cost a lot more than the best tight end. Uh, the best center is going to cost a whole lot less than the best offensive tackle. And uh, and your center is often the guy you know making your protection calls and uh, and getting everyone on the same page on the offensive line. So. If if you got a really smart center, really aware center who can do that, he can make the whole line better. Yeah, I mean we've seen like centers make a, a giant difference. I mean if you saw the centers for like yeah. Kansas City and how much troubles they had with that going into the past few seasons, oh, yeah. you could be seeing more Super Bowls with Mahomes if you had you know some better people yeah. in these key positions yeah. that people kind of overlook. Yeah. Um, so uh, talk about number 25, uh, Linderbaum from Iowa. So he's a center, and I've heard comparisons with Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey's brother, who I believe is a center for the Eagles. Yes. Uh, what, what do you know about him? Yeah, so Jason Kelsey is the prime example of a really good center. Also Ryan Khalil for the Panthers a while back. <clears throat> One of the best centers in the league. Um, anyway, you know, Tyler Linderbaum is – supposedly the best center to come out in a long time, or prospect. Uh, just supposed to be just, like, can't miss pick. And that's also another phrase that's used too widely. I, I believe there's truly only, a, like, three to five, maybe occasionally more, players to draft that are, like, you actually don't miss on. It's usually closer to three. Um... And Tyler Linderbaum's one of those guys. Yeah. He reminds me of uh, Quentin Nelson for the Colts when they drafted him. He was like blue chip prospect, 
you will not miss. He's going to be an all pro. He's me. I, I don't think he's a little bit smaller than than the typical center though. Yeah, he is. I believe he's uh two ninety. Yep. And uh heaviest centers, like the heaviest some of the heaviest centers in the league are like three fifteen, three twenty. Most centers are around three hundred. And two ninety is certainly on the lighter side. And that can help if you're in a, a zone blocking scheme because you gotta you gotta move around a little more than that. Um, but I think I think Tyler Linderbaum is just great player. And same thing with uh, Kyle Hamilton. One reason why I like Kyle Hamilton, fourteen dollar Ravens pick, is because he's a six foot four safety, <clears throat> and having that height and he's fast too. He's not as fast as everyone really thought he was gonna be. They thought he was going to run maybe a four 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 five forty, in which case he would have been easily a top ten pick, but he ran like a, I want to say four six or four seven. Oh wow! Which again, mind you, <laughs> Jordan Davis ran a four seven, <laughs> so shows you how much of a freak Jordan Davis is to have a safety defensive back, you know, as fast as him. So anyway, Kyle Hamilton, six foot four safety. There's like none of those in the league. The only one I can think about is Isaiah Simmons. He's six four. Jeremy Chen, six three for the Panthers. One of the most slept on players in the league. I'm just gonna throw that in there. But everyone who's a Panther is slept on, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah, that kind of covers those picks, non quarterbacks. Um, All right. Well, let's get into the the quarterback action then. Anyone worth talking about? I mean, you got Kenny Pickett being the only first rounder, um, going twentieth to the Steelers, who are taking you know our boy Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I, I didn't mention Joe Gregory, uh, also a UNC almost alum, <laughs> but uh, but we'll be working on their football team, so clearly there's a history there. Um, so Mitch Trubisky probably starting Kenny Pickett in the back. What's your thought on Kenny? Yeah, so. Kenny Pickett, I'd agree with, you know, the popular analysis out there of safest quarterback prospect in the draft. But personally for me, if I'm drafting a quarterback, I'm not drafting for a guy with a high floor and a low ceiling. Because there's no point, because here in a few years you're going to be back drafting another one. Uh, Because if you don't have that top 10, top 5 quarterback, are you really going to have a good chance at winning the Super Bowl? Fair point. Um, so I think Kenny Pickett, you know, would be could be a good quarterback. I think his ceiling is anywhere from. I think the best possible version of Kenny Pickett is the 16th best quarterback. Um, I think he's, I think a, you know, a good Kenny Pickett's like around 24, and I think a bad Penny Pickett if it. Just his floor, I think he's a good backup. Um, but, you know, they say he's the most, you know, pro-ready, which means he can start right away, which is probably true. Um, he, he's a good quarterback. I don't think he has potential to be exceptional. Got it. Um, now, on the complete other end of that spectrum, you have Malik Willis. Um, and a lot... A lot of the quarterback analysis, everyone everyone always <clears throat> has a poor percentage when it comes to predicting quarterbacks correctly. 
because in the past it's they've always been looking the top traits they look for. And I got this from Brett Coleman on YouTube. Uh, he's the best YouTube uh, football content creator out there, in my opinion. Breaks down film. He is spectacular. You should check out his channel. Brett Coleman, and that's Coleman with a K and two L's. Uh, and so, anyway, he, you know, is good at, you know, projecting all the other positions, but is notoriously bad at projecting quarterbacks. And he kind of had a realization of, okay, <clears throat> me and everyone else used to look for quarterbacks who were, um, you know, your prototypical pocket passer, really good mechanics, really good footwork, um, kind of like looking for Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type prospects. And then they realized, hey, so these quarterbacks who have hit, so to speak, turned out well uh, in the past few years. You have Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Lamar. Lamar, maybe. That's a whole nother debate. Everyone's either like, Lamar's a top 10 quarterback or uh, he's just barely average. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a top 10, but, um, you know, it's hard to argue that that first, I guess that second season that he played where he wins the MVP, that he's not the best quarterback in the league at that point. Yeah. So the, the shift you see is these quarterback prospects who have all the tools you're, you're, you're drafting for tools and you're, uh, you're drafting for physical abilities. And then if he turns out, then, oh man, watch out. Um, like, you know, Josh Allen, who has probably the biggest arm in the NFL. Um, that dude can just fling it. And then Patrick Mahomes has another spectacular arm and can throw from any arm slot, um, off balance, you know, off platform throws. He's an incredible. Um, so you're looking for there's been a shift. All that to say there's been a shift in what you're looking for in quarterbacks. So Malik Willis is one of is probably the most traitsy, physically gifted quarterback in this draft class. He's got a hell of an arm and he's super fast, so fast he didn't run the forty. Uh, because he didn't want to be drafted to play a different position other than quarterback. Um, so he's he's and all of his highlights in college is him making plays when the play breaks down, like Russell Wilson. Sure. Um, so he's kind of your traitsy guy with the highest ceiling and the lowest floor out of your top five guys who are Pickett, uh, in no particular order, Pickett, Willis, uh, Ritter, Corral, and um, Sam Howell. Yep. And so <clears throat> uh, back – to, to the other end of the spectrum, kind of along the lines of Pickett, is Desmond Ritter. And he's, he's you know, kind of a safe pick. He's He can make a read. He can read well, um, go through progressions well. He's... Uh, Except in Alabama defense. Pre- yeah. Uh, pretty polished. Uh, he struggles with just kind of inconsistent accuracy. You know, he'll just have an errant throw every now and then. And his, his mechanics are too refined... His mechanics are too good for him to improve that much better to eliminate the occasional completely inaccurate throw. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, kind of like compare it to Cam Newton and back when his shoulder wasn't completely busted, where 
Cam, you know, was pretty accurate, but occasionally would just sail the ball and throw it right at the defense back. So, Tony Romo. Yeah. Yeah, man, yeah. So, Jameis Winston. Yeah. 40 for 40. <laughs> Jameis Winston has a whole different mentality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is... He is the definition of screw it. Uh, my guy's down there somewhere. Um, just chuck it up. But anyway, uh, Ritter, I think he's a safe pick. I think he's a good pick. I'd probably have Ritter's floor pretty close to Pickett, and I think his ceiling is higher than Pickett's. Okay, so you actually take Pickett under uh, Ritter in your if you were if you're a GM drafting a QB. I would. Pickett would be my fifth ranked quarterback out of five. Wow. Okay. Because of my philosophy of if you're going to take a quarterback, swing for the fences. Because if you take an average one, you're it's not going to get you a Super Bowl. I with you. I don't. I I don't think that Pickett's the guy for anybody. I really yeah. don't. Um, I don't know if I take Malik one, but um, I definitely, I definitely would have Pickett as my number five as well. Yeah. I I would not necessarily draft. Malik won either. Um, I because that that is a really risky pick. Yeah. Um, now my personal favorite quarterback in this draft. Call me a homer, but me and my dad wanted this guy before the Panthers ever drafted him. We were hoping and praying the Panthers would draft this guy, and that is Matt Corral from Ole Miss. The dude has the quickest release. Of any quarterback prospect that I have seen in the past 20, 20 years. He has, I'm not saying he's going to be like Aaron Rodgers, but I'm saying the ability that Aaron Rodgers has to simply flick his wrist and the ball effortlessly sails 60 yards down the field and it looks like he didn't really put much behind it. Matt Corral has that same kind of flick of the wrist release where it just gets out like that. And uh, and it goes it goes a long way. Macro has a great arm, um, super fast release, and that's what I love about him. And then I love his competitive fire that he plays with. Um, just tough tough guy, and I love that he's gone through a lot of adversity in his life. Um, and I I think a guy you know you look back last year, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who really has not gone through much advers- adversity since like before getting to the NFL. You know, he was, he was, you know, kind of the pretty boy, played for a really good high school football team, yeah. won a ton there, and then goes and plays for Clemson. and Won in his first year. I mean, he had some adversity, I guess you could say. He, I mean, did have to go up against that Joe Burrow team uh, his sophomore year. And yeah. that, you know, that, that kind of takes a lot out of you when yeah. you get demolished like that. Yeah. Not demolished, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying he never played any good competition. I'm more arguing that... He's had a, he's had a good life. He's had a good life, <laughs> and he hasn't had the toughest uh, journey to the NFL. Sure. Um, Matt Corral, he's struggled with depression. He's struggled with drinking and alcohol, and he's uh, back in high school. He got in a fight with Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky's son. Um, so what you're telling me is if you want to produce a good quarterback <laughs> that you need to plant some evidence to ruin their social life and then get them some alcohol as soon as possible. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. Um, but it's just – it's good to see a guy like that who uh, 
who hasn't had a super easy life and just had to, you know, fight through some some things off the field. And he's he's very open about it. Um, so I love seeing a guy who's, you know, tough mentally as he is physically. And he's Matt Corral, his measurables are I'm not sure exactly how tall he is. I think he's six foot, give or take an inch. I think he's maybe six, six two. Six two. Okay. Yeah. Six two, two oh five, I believe. I think he weighed in a little heavier at two fifteen. Yep. Um, but I think his playing weight in college this past season was two oh five. And he's out there. Obviously you can't do this in the NFL at that height and weight, but he's he's out there trying to truck guys over, just barreling through guys and Yeah, he's not he's not Josh Allen. He can't you know, he's not six six or whatever, yeah. you know, beast size he is and yeah. can do that. Yeah. Two hundred forty pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, I just love I love the competitiveness he plays with. I love his release and I love his arm strength and his ability to air it out. Yeah. Um. So that's Matt Corral. So we got. Well, you kind of you kind of gypped earlier. Uh, my team's guy, which is the Patriots picking up Bailey Zappi before Sam Howell goes <laughs> at a hundred and thirty seventh pick. <laughs> Bailey Zappi in the fourth round goes to the Patriots. What is your thought on Bailey Zappi, if you have any at all? Because I have some very strong opinions on this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, remind me who Bailey Zappi played for. Western Kentucky. Western yeah. Kentucky. Okay. <clears throat> I'm more familiar with the Carson Strong guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That pick. Yeah. Um, just because everyone was saying, oh, if his knee wasn't completely busted, he'd be probably the best quarterback prospect in the draft. But because his... Who, Bailey? Carson Strong. Oh, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carson Strong uh, arguably had, had the best arm talent in the draft. Uh, the reason why he uh, he just... He was Nevada, right? I, I think so. Yeah, Nevada was Carson Strong. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he's a statue because he can't move because his knee's completely broken. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Bailey Zappi, I think he'll be a good backup. Um, I think he'd be a good guy to come in if Mac Jones gets hurt. Sure. I don't think he's. I, I, I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more excited about if you, I think if you're a Patriots fan, having Bailey Zappi as a backup oh. is really exciting. Um, Western Kentucky puts out good quarterbacks, good offensive weapons. I mean, you had the, who's a Mike White that came in for the Jets this season. If you remember that Jets, oh yeah. yes, also a Western Kentucky guy, right? <laughs> oh, wow. And Mike White showed up. I mean, oh, he the, lit it up. He he lit up. I mean, he had a game where he threw, I think, over four hundred yards. White lightning. White lightning. That's right. Yeah. So Mike comes in. I think they beat the Jet or beat the Titans. So the Jets beat the Titans at one point. I'm not sure if Mike White was in that game. If I'm being completely honest, but all I'm saying is Western Kentucky has had a phenomenal offense. I watched the bowl game demolished. App State, all right? This team is so good, and it's all his leadership. I love his head game. Bailey Zappi is someone worth looking at. I mean, first of all, people so don't... So basically, think, he's going to be the next Mike White. That's not That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's going to be the next Mike White, because then you're right, and he'll be a really good backup. But <laughs> Bailey Zappi, I think, will get a shot at a starting position at some point in his career. I'm not sure with who. I'm not sure when. But I do think he'll get that starting position. You may not know this. He actually has the record for single-season touchdowns and single-season passing yards in college. Wow. Both held by Trevor Lawrence before him. Wow. And yeah. so he broke those this past season. I did not watch a lot of Zappi. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've heard his name before, 
Um, and, you know, I'd agree with you, you know, a little bit of, it's okay to be excited for Zappy. Yeah, I'm excited for him. But anyways, last quarterback, Sam Howell, our guy, UNC, um, really, really strong prospect after his freshman year, um, has trailed off in his draft stock over the years. Uh, what do you see happening with him? I actually think he has a really good shot of playing because one, Carson Wentz is ass. I mean absolutely terrible following the injury that he had with the Eagles has been one of the worst starting quarterbacks in my opinion I don't trust him at all and I think he's actually very injury prone and so given that Sam Howell has a good shot of playing what are your thoughts so yeah so I uh, I will go to bat for Sam Howell I think I mean call me a homer because I go to Chapel Hill but I I think the world of Sam Howell. Uh, you not last year, but the year before. Everyone's talking about oh he's going to be he's going to be the number one pick you know next year. This dude is legit. He uh, he can make every throw on the field. He's got a really strong arm. He's incredibly accurate. He's good at making progressions. He's uh, got a qu- a quick release, you know, not like Matt Corral, but still not a slow release. It's it's a better release than Ritter. It, I'd I'd rather have Sam Howell over probably everyone in the class except Corral, and I think you could argue for Howell over Corral anyway. Yeah. I'd I'd have Corral and Howell as my one and two, and I think you could argue either one being the best. Um, and you know you. I've listened to a lot of the uh, interviews, press conferences from uh, Phil Longo and Mac Brown, and they just, obvi- I mean, they're the coach, so what are they going to do, not talk about their great quarterback? But they've really raved about Sam Howell, and more more so than his physical ability, they've raved about his intangibles and how well he prepares himself. And, and he takes he, criticism to heart. I know he yeah. does a really good job of listening to, to coaches. I mean, you saw his strategy kind of change throughout the years. You know, he started off as just pocket passer kind of quarterback um, and then really got into the run game. And a lot of that run game is what helped them, you know, for example, beat Wake Forest, uh, who was undefeated this year when Wake Forest was a nine seed, UNC unranked. You know, Sam Howell able to just truck some of these players really, you know, showing off that physical strength, that running ability, oh, yeah. um, something that we didn't really expect to see oh, yeah. um, initially. So he definitely is really good at listening to his coaches and takes that criticism. Oh, yeah, for sure. Sam Howell really does a – he's very coachable. Um, and, you know, just like Matt Corral, plays with that competitive fire. He's a true team player, you know, putting his body on the line. Like, a, I mean, if you're a quarterback prospect and you have a ton of this hype of, okay, you're going to be number one – pick in two years that next year are you really going to want to go and just get beat to a pulp behind a bad offensive line and in the run game and try to truck guys over I mean selfishly it's like no nah, I'm going to slide but this dude you know he put it he put it on the line for his team and uh and his college and his coaches and uh and I really respect that about him uh but yeah Sam Howell's very coachable Coach Longo and Coach Brown had uh, only said great things about his preparedness. Um, I butchered that word, preparedness, um, and uh, and he, he works really hard. He's always watching film. 
And a guy, from from my experience, uh, it's the guys who really buckle down and and grind and don't think, oh, my you know my physical ability uh, can carry me. I don't really have to put in the work. Um, it's the guys who really buckle down, grind, watch the film, put in the hours, and prepare well and take care of their body who you see succeed in the NFL. Um, I've seen guys with incredible talent not do those things and fail out of the league in a few years. And I've seen guys with not a whole lot of talent and really uh, be a pro's pro, and they've made a very nice career for themselves. Um, so anyway, Sam Howell can make every throw out there, really strong arm, good at progressions. I think this year of film really hurt his draft stock because he played behind a bad offensive line. I think the majority, over 50%, probably over 60%, probably over 70% of the offensive struggles for the Carolina football team this past year was due to the offensive line or pass protection whether that be a tight end or running back, also missing that block. Um, the offensive line really hurt us this past year, and it hurt Sam too. <clears throat> also, Sam lost a lot of weapons to the draft. Yeah. Uh, running backs, lot of receivers, he lost everything. Oh, yeah, he, he lost really everything. Yeah. He lost everything, and he had a bad O-line. And he still put up great numbers. And, you know, coaches asked him, all right, if we're going to move the ball this year, we're, you're going to have to run more. And so he did it. Uh, you know, without hesitation. Team player. Love to hear it. Well, that's it for the draft then. I mean, that, you know, an exciting draft in, in some of those other positions that sometimes don't get the loving they deserve or have the prospects that we all want. Um, but definitely not, not good on the quarterback end, um, as I guess in terms of years past. But, uh, why don't we, why don't we go through the, you know, my favorite part, obviously getting into the lines, getting into the little bit of the sports betting side, um, you know, kind of getting your just one off first thoughts, opinions on some teams. Um, and I'll, I'll read out to you some lines, what they were last season. And then, you know, take a little guess on what you think is going to happen. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll give a little bit of my analysis here too. We'll go in alphabetical order, no particular order. Um, starting off. With the Arizona Cardinals looking at win totals for all of these uh, teams, Arizona Cardinals over under nine and a half. Last season, that over under was at eleven. By the end, so losing a little bit of draft stock. I think Wait, part can, of that. Could you repeat that last part again? So uh, last season, their over under was at eleven. Okay. This season, the over under is at nine and a half. Okay. Right. Last season, a lot of hype going around the Cardinals. Right. They had a a, a very um, or sorry, maybe, you know, they had 11 wins. My bad. Their over-over was actually less. So they had 11 wins last season, right? Okay. They had 11 wins last season. And they're, they're projected at about nine and a half. Okay. I think part of that may be because of the Kyler Murray uh, discussions that are still going on. However, I just saw he got extended today. He so did. breaking news. Kyler Murray. 30 million for five years. Exactly. So Kyler Murray will be the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. What are your thoughts on nine and a half? Yeah, so uh, that's interesting. Um, it's a tough. Co- I mean, they have a tough division that they play in. Yeah, who's so? So they're with the Rams, uh, the Forty uh, ers and the Seahawks, right? 
So okay, that's a I'm, very tough division. I'm looking it up. I'm I'm terrible at remembering who's in what division. Yeah. Um. So I'm looking that up real quick. But the Cardinals nine and a half. I I I think the under here is the play. I think they probably s- scrape by with nine wins. Um. I I just think that Kyler Murray is too much of a wild card in this case. They had a lot of hype going into this last season. Um. But they were winning some games I didn't think that they had deserved to win. Um, granted, they also lost some games they shouldn't. They lost to uh, – they got destroyed by the Panthers with Cam Newton. I don't I'll, tell think, you, I'll tell you this much. I don't think that happens again if, it, if they play tomorrow. I'll tell you this much. The Panthers have the Cardinals number. Every single time we've played them since Jake DeLone lost to them in the playoffs. Yeah. And forever lost his ability to play football after that. He, uh, he was a great quarterback until he lost the Cardinals in the playoffs and then stunk after. Um, but since Cam Newton, the Panthers have owned the Cardinals like they are the Panthers' bitch. Yeah. I mean, I think we've creamed them every single game we've played, um, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I, I think that that's probably fair. But, you know, since Cam Newton, when have the Cardinals been good? And this is yeah. this is really the first year, so there are going to be hiccup games, and everyone has creamed them. So I mean, they've had their fair share of losing. Um, we, uh, it's exciting time to be an Arizona Cardinals. They did fan. make the playoffs back in uh, 2015. Yes, and we beat them bad. Wild card. Yes, um, and then uh, and then they they were good this year, although they were kind of banged up when they played us. But yeah. still, that's a really old Kyler, Kyler played. I think the only I mean DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think played. That yeah, game. Maybe. Um, but you still had some of their other big players in, obviously. Um, the Cardinals losing to the Lions as well, uh, who were considered a really, really bad team last season. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not entirely convinced that this Arizona Cardinals team is uh, legit. That nine and a half seems a little steep for me. Um, so I, if I have to pick, uh, I'm going to have to pick on what about you? Yeah. I, uh, I guess you could say the Cardinals kind of play to their competition. If they're losing to the Lions, losing to the Panthers, but then beating some other really good teams, that's kind of similar to how the Panthers, as an organization, have been. We kind of typically play to our competition. If we play a really bad team, we're, <laughs> we we might as well lose. But sometimes we play a really good team, like when we had Teddy Bridgewater, and we played against the Chiefs, and we gave, we almost won that game. We gave them a big run for their money. We uh, th- That's just kind of playing to the competition. But, yeah, I agree. Um, I think the the NFC West there with the Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be competitive. I think they have a chance. Um, nine and a half wins. I don't really feel one particular way or another um, towards them. I think they'll be competitive in that division. Certainly have a shot to make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, you know, you always got a shot. All right. Well, we'll book you for an over then. Uh, Ten wins. Put me in nine and a half. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. All right, the next one, Atlanta Falcons. Um, in obviously your division with the Saints and yes. um, Buccaneers, um, and uh, help me out. Okay, Panthers, Bucks, Saints, Falcons. Thank you. Yes, yes. I have the chart pulled up. Yeah. There. So I mean, obviously you've got you've got uh, their their win totals four and a half. Yeah. Last year they won four games. Okay. Over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think over on four and a half. On four and a half, I think they win five games, maybe six. So uh, does and Desmond, I? I freaking hate the Falcons. Does Desmond Ritter start? Uh, no, he did, he will not start the first game. 
Marcus Mariota? Uh, Marcus Mariota will start the first game of the season. But I could see Desmond Ritter starting soon after. Okay. Okay. I think it's Mariota, right? I, it is Mariota. Okay. I just think Mariota starts day one. Okay. I think he starts the first game of the season. And I think Mariota's not a terrible not a terrible guy to, you know, take a shot on if you just drafted excuse me, if you just drafted a good quarterback who's, you know, pretty pro ready and can come in there, but you don't really want to play in the first game of the season. So I think Mariota's, you know, kind of a guy to take a shot on and be like, huh, hey, maybe he can still play. Okay. Because um, he had a if you remember, he had a lot of hype coming out of Oregon back when he played for the Titans. Yep. And people thought he was legit. So uh It'll be interesting to see what he does there. And, man, do the Falcons have some offensive weapons. Well, you got Cordell Patterson still there, no? Yep, you got Cordell Patterson. And then you have Kyle Pitts. Great TN. Yeah, great great tight end. Yep. And when Bill Belichick gave Kyle Pitts, you know, kind of props and respect, uh, I forgot his quote, but I do remember this last year, Bill Belichick pointing out that Kyle Pitts is an absolute dog, as uh, Pat McAfee would say. Um uh, Kyle Pitts is great, and then they draft Drake London, who's another you know huge target, really good. Um, so Falcons have plenty of weapons, which kind of scares me as a Panther fan. But uh, I really don't know much about Falcons defense, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, well, I I think I think I could see the Falcons winning five six games. I'd, I'd take the over on four and a half. Okay. I am going to take. The under. I actually okay. think they win four games. Okay. Uh, so I know you're on five games. I think they win four games. I think they just they don't have their pieces together still. I think this is a disgruntled team. Doesn't matter if you have the best tight end in, in the league mm-hmm. if you don't have those surrounding pieces, let alone a quarterback that's going to be decent. I think Marcus Mariota is uh, a dog shit quarterback. I don't think that he's <laughs> worth any salt. Um, you know they they struggled to even put him out when he was with the Raiders uh-huh. after he was with the Titans. So. Um, I, I don't think that they've got any any potential for for the upcoming season. But uh, you, you very well can be right, and I hope that's the case because I really hate seeing yeah, the Falcons win. <laughs> right, and um, I don't have hate for the Falcons, but I definitely don't have hope for them either. So um, <laughs> the the Ravens nine and a half last season they won eight games, so they're up again on this over season. easy. This is one I am very convicted on. And why is it that they're going to be better this season than last season? Okay. The Ravens were absolutely assaulted by injuries last year. I mean, they lost J.K. Dobbins to a knee injury. They lost Gus Edwards for the whole uh, or most of the season, I think, to another knee injury. And then they, uh, I think, they lost a few other really key important players. I think maybe on the defensive side of the ball too. I mean, they, I think, they had the most significant players injured of, uh, like, the highest number of significant players to their team injured of any team in the NFL. How, how do you think Marquise Brown going to, the, I believe, the Cardinals, how do you think that is going to affect their offense, given that Hollywood Brown was one of Lamar's favorite targets? Yeah, I... Uh, you got Mark Andrews in tight end, but who are you going to throw to? Yeah, I think that's a... Uh, the Ravens, traditionally, and... With their offensive coordinator, I Greg Roman is their offensive coordinator, and he's one of they have one of my favorite schemes, offensive schemes in the whole league. They are a smash mouth power run, uh, good physical quarterback football. option, <laughs> good physical football team, and they use a lot of uh, motion at the snap. And I am all for 
motion at the snap. Uh, because some teams motion and then they stop and then they snap it. Uh, the most effective motion, in my opinion, is still going when you snap it. And that, it, it makes defenses have to do all kinds of adjustments. And so I love how they use motion. I love how they're smash, smash mouth running the football. I love, you know, power running and I love quarterback runs, like quarterback options, because it really gives you plus one in the numbers game running the ball. And I can do a whole other podcast on that. Um, but anyway, I think the Ravens are one of the best organizations in the National Football League. They are just top to bottom. Their equipment staff, training staff, coaches, players, is just a, an, an S-tier organization. And if they won eight games last year where Lamar got hurt for a period multiple significant players got hurt. I just, I don't see any way they win less than 10 games this year. All right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the over is going to hit. I think the uh, the division that they're in is is on the weaker side these days. Um, the Browns uh, yeah. definitely taking a hit. Oh, the Browns are screwed. Um, I don't know if Deshaun plays or if he does play, how many games he will be allowed to play. Um, and then the Steelers, obviously, kind of in... A little bit of a free fall. I actually think that they're going to be better uh, without Big Ben, but we'll get to that uh, later. So I'll, I'll also agree. I think that the Baltimore Ravens squeak in with a 10-win season. Um, so I'm going to take the over on that. Um, but I, I will, on a later podcast or maybe at the end of this, discuss what I actually think is worth putting any money on. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, though, the Buffalo Bills. Last season, 11 wins. Okay. This season, projected 11 and a half. You taking the over under? Oh, neither. Um. <laughs> well, neither isn't an option for you. <laughs> but I'm gonna go with uh, the under. I think they win 11 again this year. Okay, yeah, I, I, I would favor the under. Um, I'm not really sure who they drafted. Um, I'm not sure if we can pull up the draft class for them or not, but. That's a really well-run organization too, just like the Ravens. Got Brandon, uh, Brandon Bean or Brandon Bean? I think it's Brandon Bean. Uh, there, Sean McDermott, head coach. Um, a lot of people who've worked for the Panthers organization in the past, kind of under the old regime. Uh, that's well, just, they drafted cornerback Kyrie uh, Lam from Florida. Okay, you know anything about him? Well, let me see there. Okay, yeah, I, uh, sorry, I'm kind of close to the mic here, but, um, yeah, I, I don't really know much about their draft class, but yeah, I, I'd say 11 wins is, is very likely for them. It's just so hard to, you know, the higher your win count is, the harder it becomes to win that, you know, one more additional game. Yeah, and I know, uh, I, I understand your opinion about the Miami Dolphins and, uh, my optimism about the Patriots. So I, I think that the division they're in is tough. Oh, it's a tough... And don't, I don't count the Jets out either. Well... Zach yeah. Wilson's got that dog in him. Yeah, well, Zach Wilson, the dog he is, I don't know if he, if the Jets beat uh, the Bills at all this year, but I will say that there is definitely a lot of uh, interesting things going on in the AFC East. I could be convinced that the Bills will win 11 games I cannot be convinced that they will win 12 or more, especially uh, looking at their schedule. I just don't think, you know, they're a great team. But they also lay a couple of 
eggs here and there. Yeah. So I just, I'm not convinced on this 11 and a half number. And fun fact, I should probably mention this when we get to the Jets, but Zach Wilson was my favorite quarterback in last year's class. I thought he was the most talented uh, quarterback in the class. I much preferred him to Trevor Lawrence. Or Mac Jones. Or, or Mac Jones. And, and I will own it. And Mac Jones certainly looks like the better quarterback right now. But I will own it. Zach Wilson was my guy. And do you still and think he I have the note made in my phone of the quarterbacks from last year's class. Zach Wilson's my guy. I think the Jets could be really competitive this year. All right. Well, let's go to your team then, the Carolina Panthers, with a win total of five and a half. Yeah. Last season winning five games after a really good start yeah. of three and oh, and then all of a sudden only winning two out of the next thirteen games. Yeah, well when your entire offense gets hurt and out for the rest of the season <laughs> pretty much the rest of the season, then if you don't have an offense, it's hard to win a football game. And I am talking about Christian McCaffrey. Um so, yeah, I would like to point out that the Panthers have never had back-to-back winning seasons in the history of being in the National Football League. We, wow. We've been, I know we've been a team more than 25 years, but I think we're still under 30. Um, we've never had back-to-back winning seasons. We are the most mediocre team organization um, in, the, in the league based on our history of Win loss. I bet that hurts. That hurts to say that. It hurts. I. I mean, if you cut my arm off, my blood would be black and blue. I am born and raised a Carolina Panther fan since I could breathe. Um, and very few people. And I pro- probably no one loves the Panthers more than me, but they could probably love them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so five and a half. I'm just gonna take you for an over on that. I know that you're really high on Matt Corral as a backup. What is your opinion on Baker Mayfield? I think you'll see a a really good Panther team, not this year, but next year or the year after. I think you see you know Panthers being one of the top teams. Um, but this year, it's it's we're really a wild card. Um, I mean, more competition at the quarterback position is never a bad thing. Um, and I really don't think it matters what quarterback you put behind our offensive line last year. I think he would have struggled and sucked. Does um, it? Does I it, don't think Sam Donald has really ever had a fair shot in the NFL. Um, I wouldn't completely count Sam Donald out yet. Now, I know you look at his play on the football field on Sundays and you're like, oh my gosh, how can this, you know... Homer Panther fan think that Sam Darnold has anything left in him. Uh, but the guy, the guy is talented. I think he has better arm talent than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's proven to have more success than Sam Darnold in the National Football League. But I don't, I don't think that necessarily means that Sam Darnold can't have a better arm than Baker. Um, I am encouraged for Baker. He's shown he can win. He's a year, not last year, but the year before, you know, he's arguably top 12 quarterback. Um, played really well. And so, you know, I'm encouraged to have Baker on the team. I think, if anything, it takes some pressure off the coaching staff to put Matt Corral in before he's ready. Yeah. I am, I really believe the Carolina Panthers' futures with Matt Corral. Um, and we're kind of, if Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield turn out, then great. If not, 
Let's see what Corral has. I just don't want to put Corral in too early. Get back to the win-loss total. What are, are things, five and a half? Yeah, five and a half. Um, you can put me down for an over, but not by much. Yeah, no, um, I I actually, this is one of my locks. I actually think the Panthers over is almost a guarantee. Yeah. I, I'm very, very confident that they will win six games or more. The reason I say that, I look at the schedule, right? I First of all, I am a big Baker supporter. I think... You don't have to like his attitude off the field. I you have to, do. But you He's have to respect it. You don't have to like <laughs> yes. it, but you have to respect yeah. it. This guy's got confidence. He believes in himself. He's willing to bet on himself. And that's something that you need in a quarterback that's kind of having a, a little bit of a weird drought situation where they're getting bad luck here, bad luck there. He gets injuries. Then he's getting uh, Deshaun Watson bought out behind his back. And now he's on a, a, a struggling Panthers team. I think that he will get six wins, potentially even getting them into a wild card game. If you look at the schedule, week one, they play the Browns. We know Deshaun is probably not going to play this game. You, so you can assume that that is a win. Oh, yeah. If Deshaun does not play that game, that is a win. Because yeah, it, who, who are they going to put in? We're hopeless if the Panthers lose against the Browns week one. I mean, we truly are hopeless if we lose. Anyway. Agreed. Week two, they play the Giants. I don't think the Giants are any good still. No. They have some catching up to do. I think the Giants Panthers can stay. win this game. Yeah. Um, the Saints. People are forgetting that the Saints are falling off. They don't have that. Sean Payton's not their head coach anymore. And Sean Payton claims retirement, but he's already talked to three other teams about coaching. Yeah. So he's... He's not done. He's not done. But Sean Payton leaving the Saints is going to be a big hurt for them. Remind me to get into their uh, cap situation on why Sean Payton left when we get to talking about Yeah, the right. So, I, I mean, I like the Panthers. That's just the first three weeks, right? You play the Saints twice. I think they could probably win both those games. You play the Falcons twice. I think they could win both of those games. Yeah. If you just count that, that's four, that's four wins. And that means all they have to do is be a Giants the Browns, they play uh, the Seahawks who are down at one oh, point. Yeah. They we, play <laughs> they play the Steelers who are down. Yeah. They play the Lions who are I, I actually think are good. Yeah. But historically are, are absolute dog shit. You you have a terrible <laughs> schedule, which is like and I mean terrible in terms of your opponents suck. Yeah. The fact that this is five and a half and then it almost makes me teams. think it also makes me think I should take the under because it is so absurd that they're at five and a half. It's a rat. <laughs> that it's a rat. Exactly. Yeah. Like I feel like this is a rat line, but it's going to be my lock. I think I'm. I think people are sleeping on this Panthers team. I genuinely think they will go. And I promise you, I'm not holding a gun to Christian's head right now. Yeah, there's no um, gun to my head. I genuinely believe that. And and I didn't even talk at all about our defense, I which is a top top five defense. Last last year, some weeks we were the best defense in the NFL. Some weeks we were top five defense, and then other weeks we just didn't show up. Uh, you know, we left our jersey at home. Um, but I think this year you see a much more consistent Panthers defense, and we, I think our defense this year will be consistently dominant every week. We will be a top 10 defense in the NFL every week. Most weeks will be a top five, and every now and then we'll be the best defense of that week. Yeah. I truly believe in our defense. Um, it's just going to come down to uh, if our quarterbacks can take care of the ball. Yeah. All right, next one, Chicago Bears. We got last season winning six games. <sighs> we have now fired Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, head mm-hmm. coach and offensive coordinator. Maybe. Yeah, uh, Ryan Pace, offensive coordinator, I believe. I think um, so. 
excellent decision. Should have been done forever ago. Mm. Should have never gotten rid of Mitch. Mm. You got, I mean, uh, a wonky quarterback situation here no, where Andy no. Dalton pays, plays half the season and then the, you know you throw in a rookie. Um, so what is your opinion on the Chicago Bears? Any hope? They're at six and a, five, six and a half. Their only hope is Justin Fields. You think you think he's worth it? I think Justin. I, as a Panthers fan, you can you can argue that uh, we should have taken Justin Fields last year <clears throat> over J.C. Horn. I love J.C. Horn to death. You can ask my buddy Jamal Kearney at the Panthers. He's another equipment intern there. I told him that J.C. Horn is my guy. I made kind of a bet with him last year that J.C. Horn will be a top five corner. By, uh, I forget how many, I think it was by the end of the season, he'll be a top five corner in the NFL. And he got hurt like week three. Um, so we're yet to see that, but no one believes in JC Horn, uh, much more than I do. I love how you always circle things around the Panthers, like ex, <laughs> ex Panther coaches, are, you know, with the Bills or whatever. Like you just always circle it to the Panthers. Yeah. We're talking I, about the Bears here. Circle, Justin Fields. Circle back to what I know. Basically, I'm saying, you could argue you should have taken Justin Fields over a corner purely for positional value, but also because I think Justin Fields is very talented. I I have a lot of hope for Justin Fields. I think if he figures it out, he could be really good. Um, but six and a half. The you tough, think he's six and a half good this year? I doubt it. Yeah, I think I think they need to give him a good O line and they need to give him some weapons. And right now, I don't think he has either. Yeah, I feel like all of the wins they had last year, all six wins, were major struggles. Barely winning games. I don't see this happening. I'm taking the under on this all day long. I think that they're going to be worse than the Lions. I agree with you. I just hate to see such a talented quarterback go to such a bad situation. Yeah, I mean, it's like Zach Wilson in your case, right? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, in in which case Zach Wilson is in a much better situation now. But but Zach Wilson's more of a dog. He's, he's, he's more of a dog. Um, he's in a better situation. The, I think the Jets general manager, I think it's Joe Douglas, is a fantastic general manager. Um, he has done an exceptional job, uh, and I'm really excited for the Jets this year. Sure. But anyway, um, sure. okay, get let's, to them well, later. Let's, let's Under for the rolling. Bears. Let's keep moving. All right, yep. Cincinnati Bengals. Oh. Okay. Super Bowl runner-ups. Yep. Ten wins last season in the regular season, projected okay. at nine and a half. Over, I uh, Joe Burrow is the real deal. He's he's a leader. He's all ball. Uh, he's not a diva. Um, he's got some killer dance moves. Uh, and um, you know, obviously, if a quarterback has killer dance moves, you can count him for an over on the win column. I, I'm but, with uh, you. I think that <laughs> not, not much needs to be said. Bengals over on this yeah. one. Um, nine and a half seems just seems almost unfair for the Super Bowl runner-ups. Um, not entirely sure why the line is set so low. I can imagine it's because some pieces were moving around. I know they lost Azuma um, and some of those, uh, you know, kind of. No. I don't even know what you'd call them, legacy people. Yeah, but I, I, they don't really have. Um, yeah. A reason to be at nine and a half, yeah. considering they won ten last year. Plus, again, you know they're in a tough conference or in a tough division. Excuse me. Yeah, what's their division? The, so you know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Bears. Uh, no, no uh, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Yep. And with the Steelers and the Ravens down, or and the um, Browns down as they are, 
I see the Bengals doing decent. Yeah. So I'll take I, the over on that. I don't really know who the Bengals lost. I feel like their defense might have gotten a little weaker. But, I mean, you know, they got the best wide receiving core in the NFL. Yeah. And they got Joe Burrow. And yeah. they got Joe Mixon. And their offensive line got better. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Over. All right. Dallas Cowboys, 10 and a half. Last season they won twelve games, but as the Cowboys do, it doesn't matter how, <laughs> how good many they games are. Did they win? Twelve. Twelve. Yes, it doesn't wow. matter how good they are in the regular season, though. All that matters at the end of the day is that they'll lose in the first or second round of the playoffs. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Shout out to Hanson Church. <laughs> no, it's a shout out to Troy Hall. Bad <laughs> team to be a fan of right now. Um, you know, you've got you know Dak Prescott just shoveling money. Um, out of the organization. <laughs> um, you've got some divas. You've got stars all over the place that can't seem to put it together in a playoff game. You have 13 Who's seconds. Who's coach now? Mike McCarthy. It's still Mike McCarthy? Yeah, I okay. think, I think he he's still in the fire. No, yet. no, no okay. not yet. Um, I mean, he's produced a 12-win season, so... That's not. I mean, yeah. you can't fire a guy. You who's can't fire a guy. Who's 12, 12 games, and then losing to the San Francisco 49ers at the last thirteen seconds when Dak Prescott for some reason runs uh, and slides with fourteen seconds left in the game. I would like to make a point here about the coaching, and that's uh, that some some guys are way better coordinators than they are head coaches, and that's Dan Quinn. Yeah, uh, Dan Quinn, I think did a really good job with the Cowboys being their defensive coordinator this yes. year. Yes. Although he didn't have that much success um, as a head coach for the Falcons. I really like him as a defensive coordinator. Um, you know, Cowboys got a lot of talent. Uh, Lose Amari Cooper, but I think that's that, that could be good for CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb's going to absolutely tear it up this year. Um, you know, yeah, And you've got some awesome uh, defensive guys. Michael Parsons, Michael absolute Parsons. monster. Dog. And then, yeah, dog. And then certified dog in the safety category uh, with um, – uh, Diggs. Uh, oh, people are forgetting. Corner. corner sorry, Diggs. sorry. Corner, yeah. corner, Trayvon Diggs. Absolute beast. Yeah. And um, uh, kind of a polarizing cornerback. Uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, said on the podcast, I forget which podcast it was, but he and he's compared to Trayvon Diggs a lot because Trayvon Diggs got a lot of interceptions. He said they play the game two completely different ways. Jalen plays it out of face. Trayvon plays it in face, which basically means Jalen Ramsey doesn't take a whole lot of chances. And so he doesn't give a whole lot of yards up, but he doesn't get a lot of picks. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs gets he burned a lot. He gets <laughs> burned a lot. He let up like I think some of the most yards out of any corner in the NFL. Yes, but he also has the most interceptions. He also right? has the most interceptions. So if it's he, a, it's a risk reward trade off for it sure. Is. For sure, it's, it's his style of playing the game, and he he's he's a talented. So player. Cowboys over under ten and a half. Can I go over but still lose in the playoffs? Yes. Yeah, I'll probably I'm going to do that as well. I yeah. think they get 11 wins. Yeah. Um, and they'll lose in the second round. Yeah. Um, next one. Denver Broncos. Last season, seven wins. This season, 10 and a half projected. And they won seven last year yeah. with Drew Locke as their quarterback. Yep. 10 and a half projected. And their wide receivers were kind of hurt. Banged yep. up a lot. Yep. I- now they lose Noah Fant. As a tight end, right? Yeah. Goes goes in that Drew Lock trade. Russell Wilson's never really uh, utilized his tight end very much. I agree. He he'll have a lot of fun with Philip Lindsay and those guys. And uh, Cortland Sutton. Yep. Terry Judy. Yep. Even KJ Hamler. Young guys. Yep. Young. And guys. then don't forget they have uh, one of UNC's really good running backs from uh, two years yep. ago. Williams. Javon Williams. Yep. And Melvin Gordon. That's a really good, really good duo. Um, and I love that defense. They play hard ball. They've yeah. always done that. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to go over on the 10 and a half. I think they get 11 wins. Yeah, it's hard It's hard not to take the over there. The The only way they don't hit the over is uh, just some struggles uh, with, you know, Russell Wilson coming in and just may take him a little bit to for the whole team to play cohesively. Mm. But uh, I, it's very hard not to go with the over with the Broncos. Yeah, so we'll go over on the Broncos, 10 and a half. Next one, Detroit Lions. Last season, they had three wins. One of those wins being an undefeated 11-0 and Arizona Cardinals team. Yep. So, yep, yep. and also tying the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, three wins, but also tying the Steelers. Um, Lions had three wins last year. What's their line this year? Six and a half. Okay. So that's a big jump. Yeah, that, that's showing the Lions some respect right there. I mean, that's a high. And I think it's well-deserved. I'm going to say this right now. That's a line that's higher than the Panthers. It is higher than the Panthers. And I'm going to tell you this. The Detroit Lions will be going to the playoffs. They're going to be a wild card team. They're going to win two games against the Minnesota Vikings. They're going to win two games against the Chicago Bears. And they're going to have one weird win where they beat the Green Bay Packers. I think that I right. think they're going to go as a wild card team to the playoffs. They're going to hit this over. This is my one of my locks for the season. I think that red wine from Denver might be hitting you a little a little hard here, Christian. Um, uh, I am kind of surprised by uh, by the sheer optimism for the Lions. I think you know I'm not I'm not as high on the Lions as you are, but I'm not as low on them as you know a lot of people are. I mean. I think a wild card slot is certainly in the range of outcomes for the Lions. I think it's I'm just saying they're going to make the wild card game. I'm not saying they're winning it, but yeah. they will make a wild card game, and I'll tell you why. Dan Campbell, Motor apart, City Dan, apart from Hammer being Dan. apart from being <laughs> one of the best coaches in the NFL, in my opinion, right now, is biting putting kneecaps, biting kneecaps. Is, is actually really putting pieces together that I think are very interesting. He, I mean, you, you see in the draft, right? They're Aiden getting Hutchinson. Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, who's this all-round kind of guy. Their defense is already pretty strong. Their defense is not a bad defense. Yeah. Jared Goff getting kind of a bad run last year. But I think a lot yeah. of that is adjustment. I yeah. genuinely think Jared Goff, keep in mind, has been to the Super Bowl, all right? Yeah. And has been to numerous playoff games. He is not a bad quarterback. You cannot say he's bad. I'm not saying that he's great. I wouldn't. But they're starting to put pieces around this team that I think are worth looking at. You got Swift at a running back position who's shown that he can he can produce. Oh, yeah. Swift, Swift's a talented player. And I, I, I like Amon Ra, St. Brown. Yep. He really uh, showed some flashes last year. And then you've also got... I like their line. Yep. Frank Ragnow. Center, I think he's still there uh, in Penesul. Um and then and you got Hawkinson right as a yeah. as as a as fairly a, beast yeah. uh, offensive weapon that you can use. Yeah, it's I'll be real interested to see what he does this year. Yeah, um, I genuinely think the over is achievable here. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't put Jared Goff any higher than the twenty fourth best quarterback in the league. I think he's oh come on, that's a little rough. I I wouldn't put him uh, the highest. I would put him as twenty four. I, I don't know about I, that. I think there's 23 guys more talented than Goff. I don't now, know if there's... Def- there's definitely not 24 guys smarter than Goff. No. Goff is a smart player. I agree he's not physically 
or like I'm not I, saying, I don't think he's talented in the passing game as some of these other guys, but he's definitely smarter. I'm not saying every week of the season golf will not finish higher than twenty fourth best performance of the week. I think I think you know he'll have some good games. I just don't think overall. I think there's twenty three guys better than him. All right, to be honest, but you know I can see a wild card slot in the range of outcomes. Um, but I, uh, your your level of optimism is encouraging and gets me. That's excited. right. I'm putting it on the record now, so that way when it happens, um, <laughs> or if it doesn't happen, people will know. Yeah. Uh, next one: Green Bay Packers, eleven and a half line. Last year, winning thirteen games. Right, losing to San Francisco. Um, to you know, I, I mean, in a really terrible game. I mean, one of the worst. Honestly, one of the worst playoff games I've ever watched. I think their O line was kind of banged up too. Yes. Um, I think Bakhtiari kind of struggled last season, um, injury wise. Uh, so with the Packers, obviously the the big loss there with Devonta Adams going to the Raiders. I I feel pretty. I I'd be interesting to see what the Raiders line is and what their how many games they won last year. When we get to them, but um, eleven and a half is the line. So they won thirteen. I think if Aaron Rodgers can figure it out, which if anyone can figure it out, Aaron Rodgers can. I love Aaron Rodgers. Dude is awesome. Um, it's hard for me not to take the over. I I really think they're going to get a lot of production out of Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I think uh, they're. I mean, they're two exceptionally talented running backs. Now, you know, people argue that running back's the most replaceable position in the NFL, and that's a whole another topic for a whole another day. But and they're both going to be fresh. I think you can see fantasy football take here. I think you can see Aaron Jones having a hundred receptions or more on the year. Hmm. Um, I think uh, AJ Dillon's going to really, really contribute there. And then uh, I'm excited to see uh, what Alan Lazard can do. Um, yeah, he's not been as utilized, and so he has a lot of potential he can show. Um, yeah, it would be interesting to see, but I, I just don't know. 11 and a half wins. I think they probably win a game, uh, 11 wins here. I'm going with the under. Yeah, I think I think that's very likely. Um, I think their defense is good, though. Um, I, I, could see it go, I could see it go either way. Yeah, I definitely um, – I will be taking the under in that one. Um, 13 wins last season seems a little bit like a fluke situation in my opinion. I think they have some missing parts uh, that they would need to fill. I mean, losing Devontae Adams is just such a huge loss. For oh, that's – It's such a huge loss. loss. And I think it's a three – I honestly believe it's a two to three win loss. It, it probably is. So I, I don't think going from yeah. – I don't think going from 13 to 11 is that um, – I, You know, I, I think you convinced me, Christian. <laughs> I think uh, I think I'd go 11 yeah, I think 11 wins is re- reasonable, and uh, so that and then I'm going to take the under. Uh, Houston Texans, four and a half. Last season had four wins. I don't know if they've done enough to really fix their situation, um, so I'm going to go with the under here. I, I mean, four wins seems very reasonable to me. When, when you get a line that's four and a half, I mean, it is... <laughs> It's very desperate. <laughs> Your if, situation is bad. If you have a team with any talent whatsoever, it is hard to win 
less than five games. Like, if you were trying and you were talented and you were capable, it is hard to win four less games. I mean... This could be an 0-16 season. I, I do believe that. I, uh, I, I mean that in the sense of it's really tempting for me to take the over just to say they get to five wins. Like, it, it's hard to... It's hard to lose that many games. Yeah. You know, if you're playing 17 games, likelihood is you're probably going to get five wins. Uh, I actually like David Mills. I don't think he's bad at all. He's not the problem with that team. I think it, what you you saw some flashes from him last year and uh, oh yeah, against the Chargers, they beat the against Chargers. the Panthers too. Yeah. He played a really good game. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. I, the Texans stank in that game. That's why you guys won. He. <laughs> He showed some flashes in that game, though, and I was like, dang, man, I kind of wish we had him instead of Sam Darnold. Um, I mean, he, he really showed some flashes. I think it's his, you know, long neck that helps him see over his offensive line. <laughs> but, um, yeah. if you, if you, you don't know who David Mills is, look up, look him up and, uh, you'll see a picture of the just giraffe. Yeah. Giraffe like <laughs> I mean, nature. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, I just, Probably take the under, even though I've been spewing all that crap about it's hard hard to lose that that many games. I, yeah, I think you gotta take the under here. I, I think, think four games, under. four games. I'll give them four. Yeah. Um. um all right. Next one in the AFC South is the Indianapolis Colts. Um. At nine and a half. And how many did they win last year? One nine nine last year. They won nine last year with Carson Wentz, and their line is nine and a half with Matt Ryan. Doesn't seem bad. Dude, that's I gotta go with a lock on an over on that. Yeah, I mean you play in a, a tough division too, or, or <laughs> I say that sarcastically. It's the worst division in the NFL, in my opinion, other than the NFC East. Oh, geez, the AFC South is absolutely atrocious. Oh yeah, lock no. over lock. Yeah, lock it now. <laughs> yeah, the Colts nine and a half. I will be going the over as well. I think Matt Ryan will get a little bit of redemption. You here. make that bet and you're laughing at the bank. Yeah, no. I mean, nine and a half is easy. I they have so much talent. They have good coaching, fantastic O line. We need Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. Yeah, and then you have Matt Ryan throwing to him, just a leader, and uh, I I like him better. I think he's more talented than Wentz, um, more experienced than Wentz. Yeah, Um, he he's had the Panthers number for years. Yep. Yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars six and a half under. I don't like Trevor Lawrence. I uh, I really feel strongly about Trevor Lawrence. Three wins uh, last season. They had three. I I I in the line six and a half. Mm-hmm. I could give them six, but I'd say probably five or less. See, I struggle with this one. They are in the worst division. I think they get two wins over the Texans. Um, if you look at the Jacksonville, they probably split with the Texans. You think they split with the Texans? I think so. I don't know. I think David Mills. Beats Trevor Lawrence in one of those games. I, I look at this Jack, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, schedule, right? You play, I might have some death threats from Clemson fans here in the next few days. But. Yeah. No, I mean, they play the Commanders week one, right? Um, they play the Eagles at one point, who I don't know if they've got everything figured out. I think they lose both to both of those teams. You think so? I, I don't. I really don't. They play the Jaguars, the Texans twice. Or, or sorry, the Giants. Texans twice. I think the Raiders, they might get a win off that. No, they won't beat the Raiders. you got to remember, Raiders have Carr. They have Devonna Adams. They have Hunter Renfro. Darren Waller. 
a good O line. But they lose good these games. Max Crosby. They lose these games, though. I love the Raiders. Don't get me wrong. I love the Raiders, but they lose these dog shit games they shouldn't. <laughs> and everybody knows it, too. Um, they play the Lions. They play the Jets. And then I'm not high on the Titans, if I'm being completely honest. I, I think you've got a problem with the Titans. Um, yeah, I. Derrick Henry is not the same Derrick Henry. Really? I, I really don't. What makes you say that? I don't think that Derrick Henry can come out as strong as he has in past seasons. I really, I think it, the steam is losing. Just and you saw it. You saw it in the at the end of the season. You last just year. see wear and tear. I yeah. Okay. I just okay. I just see a deterioration of who he was. A, you know, a shell of his former self. And if you're relying on a running back to carry your team, you've got a problem. Yeah. You have a big problem. Yeah. Because, like you said. Running backs are, you know, neither yeah, here nor there, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. come and go. I mean, you don't have any serious weapons. And I think Adrian Brown's gone now, right? He is gone, and they drafted Traylon Burks, who everyone said, oh, Traylon Burks is just spitting the image of A.J. Brown. But there's been a lot of reports from Traylon Burks saying, you know, he's out of shape. He's not everything we expected him to be, yada, yada, yada. I think the biggest argument for the Titans – I don't know their line. I don't know how many games they won last year. But I think the biggest argument for taking the under on the Titans is the loss of AJ Brown. Fair enough. Well, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go over on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Uh, going back to our original discussion, I'll take an under there. Please. All right, let's Thank go. Let, let's cruise through a couple of these. Uh, okay. Running a little long. So, yeah. uh, Kansas City Chiefs ten and a half last season. They win twelve. Thoughts. They haven't lost. I don't think they've had less than eleven win season in a very long time. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. But I think they lost a major piece in Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I'm actually gonna go under. I think the Chiefs win ten games this year. Yeah, I can see that. I I, I genuinely think that's the case. This line is begging me to take the over. I don't feel super strongly either way there. So we can keep moving. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chiefs under. I think they win ten games. This line is begging you to take the the over. Yeah. So I'm gonna take the under. The Chargers ten and a half last season. They won nine. Thoughts Over. on the Chargers? Ten and a half. You think they will win eleven games? I'm a huge Justin Herbert believer. All right. Well, in that case, over. Over mm-hmm. on that one. I'm going to take. Damn. Uh, yeah, damn. That's a hard one. And Ten Derwin, and a half. They get Derwin James back this year too. He was out all last year. You got to remember. And then I'm going to take the under on that. Losing oh. the yeah, you can't lose to the Texans if you're eleven team, eleven win team. I'm sorry, but but they haven't lost to the Texans this year. You're right. Not this. That year. That was last year. Right. But the, the, but I'm I'm going to judge this based on last year's performance. I'm taking the Chargers okay. at ten wins. Yeah. I think that they will have ten wins. I'm not going for the over on that. Going for the under. The Rams ten and a half last season. They won twelve. Obviously Super Bowl champions. Ten and a half seems like a decent number. I don't know. Same. I could go either way there. I don't. I'm, I don't think they get twelve. I don't think they get twelve I think either. They get ten or eleven. I'm going to go under on this one. Okay. I think that the, the dog in them is going to be gone. I don't think that they'll – I think they win 10 games probably. Okay. Um, plus, fat and lazy after, you know, holding the Lombardi. Yeah, of course. So uh, some of the teams that they're playing in their sense. season too, I yeah. think they've got a strong schedule this year. I'm going to go 10 wins for the Rams, so I'll take the under there. Las Vegas Raiders. Last season they won 10 games. This season they projected 8.5. Wait, they won 10 last year. They get Devonna Adams and the line's 8.5. Dude, this is like... But do you see problems with Carr in a division that just gained Russell Wilson, has Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert in it? Because those two Denver te- oh. 
Think about it. The Raiders beat <laughs> Denver is, twice. That is such a tough. So you got ten wins, and if you're now losing to the Broncos twice because they've got Russell Wilson, you're now at eight wins. You're, is that such a crazy line? If you take a under on an eight and a half line, you're saying the Raiders are going to have a losing season. That's correct. And dude, I I can't do that. I I gotta I gotta I gotta go over Raiders. And they are in a tough division. That's the only their division is the only thing keeping me from thinking from calling it a lock on an over. Um, and I still think they'll hit the over even in their really tough division. Um, I feel very strongly about the Raiders and Derek Carr and Devon Adams, and they played together in college. And I just man, that's that's a dangerous team. I. If Rich Pisekia is this, is the coach for this season, Josh but, McDaniels is. Oh, Josh McDaniels is. Josh going McDaniels. Is Never mind. Over, over, <laughs> over. Raiders, Raiders to the Super Bowl. Yeah. No, it's going to be Raiders over eight and a half. That's an easy lock. Yeah. Josh oh, McDaniels, yeah. head coach. Give it to me. Raiders yeah. over. I'm 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 going to book that actually. Yeah. I'm going to book that tonight. Yeah, it's um, a lock. Miami Miami Dolphins eight and a half. Last season they won nine games. Over lot, take it to the bank. You know, I'm having some problems here. You've had a lot of overs, uh, but it seems a lot more overs than unders for you. I'm just saying the teams that are going to be really bad are going to be really bad. Okay, all right. And you know, if if you go all overs, you know, uh, you're going to be right on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're clearly not a gambler, but that's all right. Um, clearly not. No. So we got Miami Dolphins eight and a half. I'm just um, an optimistic person. Fair enough. I'm going to take the under. Uh, I think the Miami Dolphins are a really good team. Christian I think I, I'm not. I'm not going to take the word about the new coach as as law until I see how he performs this year. If I had to pick, I would not put money on it, but I'm going to go under on the Miami Dolphins. I think Brian Flores is a great coach. I personally think Brian Flores got cheated out of that that position. Um, because he wanted to go with a quarterback that was not Tua. He wanted to trade for Deshaun. I think that that would have been the right move for the Dolphins. And so, for that reason, I'm going to go under. I uh, I agree with you. You know, I, lo- I think Brian Flores is a great head coach. Um, and I think he got cheated out of it, too. But that doesn't make me l- l- like Mike McDaniels any less. And... Uh, and I go on YouTube, watch Brett Coleman's most recent video on uh, the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and he's arguing they're very similar offenses, um, saying that Tyreek Hill really did not catch that many deep balls last year. A lot of his production came from underneath routes. Tua is accurately more accurate than Patrick Mahomes on on. That's the, not even debatable. He is yeah, more yeah, accurate. He is. That's a fact. And uh, and so. I mean, you see that, and Mike McDaniel's so smart. No, I just, I'm sorry. It's a lot. Dolphins are going over. I don't even remember what the line is. <laughs> it's but like eight and a half. Eight and a half. Over. And, and I know you said I'm taking a lot of overs, but I'll, I feel like I've done a fair amount of I could go either way. Yeah, that's on fair. These teams. That's fair. So just, just take those as more of an under, uh, seeing as how I like to give out overs. Well, okay. Well, let's go Minnesota Vikings, eight and a half. They won eight games last season. Under, easy under. I think I think I like the under too. Easy yeah. under. Yeah. That is going to be one of my locks for the season. 
New England Patriots at eight and a half. Last season they won ten. Over um, lock easily over over on this one. I think Mac Jones is the real deal. Um, over lock. Yeah, going for the over on that one. Not much that needs to be said. Picking up some key pieces. Uh, New Orleans Saints. Last season they won nine games. This season they're projected seven and a half. I'm still going to take the under. Yep, taking the under on this. They're one. competitive. I, I the the NFC South is a really weird division. We uh, it doesn't matter how good or how bad each team in the South is every year. When they play each other, it does not matter. It's like a college rivalry game. Yeah. Um, those end division games, and it I, it's so hard to predict sweeps and who's going to be who in there. Um, I think you know. I still I. That being said, I still think the Saints are going to go under. I agree with that. I think the Saints are going to probably have five wins this year, would be my guess. I have so much respect for uh, Sean Payton as a head coach, watching him. And oh, I, I don't, after Bounty Gate. <laughs> uh, uh, after them beating our ass every single year, and um, I think he's one of the best offensive minds um, in football ever. Uh, and the reason why he left is he took a look at their cap, and uh, and their draft picks and their roster, and he said, "I'm out. If I, <laughs> I'm gonna try to try my best to go to another team. I just, I'm not wasting my life turning this team around because I'm a talented head coach and I want to be able to win now and be productive with the effort I'm putting in. So, um, yeah, under. Yeah, I think that's fair. And under for a few years. Probably, I agree with you. I think that they're gonna consistently out underperform. They don't have. I mean, I I like Jameis Winston actually. I think that Jameis Winston is not a bad quarterback. Um, I think he probably gets traded out somewhere in the near future. Um, maybe not this season, but in the next year. Yeah. Um, New York Giants last season won four games. This season seven and a half. True under. Jeez under. Yeah, I'm gonna go under on that one as well. New York Sorry, Jamal. Yeah, New York Jets last season four wins. This season five and a half projected. Say that one more time. Jets. Jets. Four wins last year. Four wins. This it, year, five and a half projected. Over. Yeah, I'm going to... All gonna, day. I'm going to have to go over on this one as I'm well. A, I'm a, you know, this probably isn't a very bold take, but I'm going to say the best two divisions in football this year are going to be the... Uh, AFC East. The AFC East and the AFC West. I don't think that's a bold take at all. No. I, don't, I don't think so either. But, you know, I, that, that's how it is. Yeah. NFC is so much better than the NFC this year. Yeah, for sure. It really is. Um, yeah, no, I think the Jets over is realistic. I think they get six wins exact. I wouldn't put money on it, but I think that the over is very much in question. Um, I, next, think, next I think the Jets could surprise some people. And they, they may go on a run and get 10, 10 wins. No, not in my opinion. It's, but in, it's, it's in the range of outcomes. Anything is possible, but that, in my opinion, is not is not probable in the slightest. The Jets are my Lions. All right. Okay. The Jets are your Lions. I, I get it. I understand. Fair enough. Or maybe the Dolphins are. Maybe the Jets are. All right. The Jets and Dolphins are my Lions. All right. I'll take that. Philadelphia Eagles, last season, nine wins. This season projected eight and a half. I think the under is on this one. I just don't see them having... I think they had a couple of games they won that were flukes because of their conference sucking. I think they're going to lose more out-of-division games. Um, 
I, I just don't see them. I, I just don't see them winning eight game, eight nine games again. I don't feel particularly one way or another. I think it's going to be close to the line. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's fair. I think it's going to be probably eight. I would not put money either way yeah. on the Eagles. I put. I, I think they'll probably win eight games. The Steelers last season they won nine times. This season seven and a half is the line. It's and Big up. Ben was their quarterback. Big Ben was their quarterback. Mike Tomlin is such a good head coach, and their defense is so talented. I mean, T.J. Watt, best defensive player in the league, best best edge player in the league. All right, fair. All right, best I, I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually this is one of my locks: Steelers over. The Steelers have Mitch Trubisky as quarterback, and you know I, I'm a big fan of Mitch. I think Mitch is the guy. Um, maybe you know. I don't know if they go win in the playoffs at all, but I think that Mitch did not get enough credit for his 13-3 and season with Matt Nangy as head coach. Um, and I think that Mitch is a very accurate passer, did not have anything behind him in the Bears organization, and didn't get a shot with the Bills ever, even though in the preseason he had like seven touchdowns in one of those games. So I'm just saying, I think that Mitch is going to do a great job. They've got so many good offensive weapons with Najee Harris. Uh, with Chase Claypool, I mean, this team is going to win. Deontay it. I Johnson, think eight, yeah, Deontay Johnson, Friar move, they're tight end. Yeah, I don't know, is Juju still there? He no, might. He's on the Chiefs now. All right, well, he wasn't any good anyway. Yeah. He was, yeah. So, so I think that eight wins is very doable. I'm going to go with now. The just other. remember, they are in the AFC. They are in the and AFC. They got to compete with a lot of these other teams that I, you and I both feel more like strongly about. Yeah. So I still think it'll be eight wins. Probably so. So, all right. Mike Tomlin is so good. He's been like eight and eight or a winning record like every year he's coached. Yeah. It's so hard to bet against Mike Tomlin. Yeah. All right. Next team, San Francisco 49ers. Last season, 110. Uh, this season projected nine and a half. I'm going to go under. under. On, I'm going to go under on this yeah. one. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of uh, kind of infighting within, yeah. within the organization, I think. Um, who's going to be the quarterback, right? Just doubters of Jimmy Garoppolo, who is a good quarterback, in my opinion, has gotten the job done. There's going to be a lot of problems, uh, I think, with this team going forward. I'm going to take the under on 9.5. I'm not sure if there's, like, infighting, but I think there's uh, there's indecision. Of- well, I mean, like Debo Samuels, the team, the organization's been fighting as over the, yeah. his contract. That's what I mean by infighting. Okay, just like, okay, yeah, just yeah. like a ton of yeah. different situations yeah. that they've had to deal with. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard George Kittle say, you know, that like you know everyone loves Debo. Now that's 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 players. I think I think you're correct in saying that there's been infighting between the front office and Debo. Right, and that's what I mean. I think yeah. that there's a there's some problems with the team morale yeah. in that case. Under, yeah, yeah, for sure. Seattle Seahawks, last season, seven wins. This season, five and a half projected. Under. Yeah, I'm going to go under on that one as well. Tough division. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I just don't think they can keep up. Tampa Bay, last season, 13 wins. This season projected 11 and a half. Under. Yeah, I think they get 11 wins yeah. exactly, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think 11 wins is good uh, for them. So I'll go under as well. Tennessee Titans, last season, 12 wins. This season, nine and a half. I think probably un- under. I'm saying I put under. Him at nine. I'm putting him at nine as well. I think the Colts will overtake the division. They will become the new kings of the AFC yeah, South so, once so again. Jags, Colts, Texans, Titans. Yep. Yeah, I think the Colts won that division. I think the Colts win that division as well. I think the Titans will uh, lose a lot of that spur that they've had in the recent years. Um, I'm going to go under on this one. 
And then Washington. Hard to bet against Taylor Juan, Lawan though. Yeah, I mean, hard, but busting with the boys, uh, it's hard to hard hard to really knock the Titans, but uh, I could I could see the under there, and I I do think the Colts win that division. Yeah, and then the last team, Washington Commanders, the new rebrand. Last season, seven wins. This season, projected seven and a half. I think that's very generous. So last season, seven wins. Yes. This year, seven and a half. I uh, I would prefer them to start Taylor Heineke as their quarterback over Carson Wentz. I uh, I know Carson Wentz is a vet and is talented. It's just like watching him at the Colts last year. You know, he had, had some good plays, but it's also, like, it's just, it's tough. It's tough having him as your starting quarterback. The My, my hope for the Commanders comes with Sam Howell. Uh, it, it really does. I think if Sam Howell gets on the field eight, nine games into the season, I think uh, they might have something there. I'm going to go over. And I love that coaching staff. Yeah, I'm going to go over on that one. I know you're a big Ron Rivera guy, so I expect expect uh, nothing less from you. Big, big, uh, their offensive line coach and run game coordinator, John Matsko, is a a very close friend of mine. And uh, I have, I I think he's the best offensive line coach in the league, but (laughs) you can call me biased, but. I mean, he's awesome, and I, I just love their coaching staff. They I think it'll be interesting, doing. though. I mean, the Commanders, you know, they've got the weird situation with Dan Snyder. So I don't know if that affects the, the game on field, just, you know, because they're doing all that investigative work on, on some of the backing of the ownership. But um, I don't know. I think over on this one because the Commanders have a lot of decent pieces, and they do play in the worst division of football. So that does help. That that brings that win total higher, and uh, and it, it's tough having you know, I mean, for lack of a better word, a scumbag owner and Dan Snyder, <laughs> right? Um, and like a stand up, just like amazing person, Coach Ron Rivera. Um, it's it's you know, two ends of the spectrum, really. Um, so it's it's good thing that Dan Snyder is uh, does not have as much of an impact on the football team as uh, Ron Rivera does in season and games. Um, For so sure, I I really love the coaching staff. I I love Sam Howell. Uh, Taylor Heineke showed a flash last year in the playoffs versus the Bucks. Um, they're talented team. They extended Terry McLaurin, very underrated wide receiver, um, and he still gets a lot of love. Uh, I. I I would like to take the over there, like you said, worst division in football. Yep, and that's it for all the teams. I mean, we somehow made it through them all. You know, heavy on the first half, but uh, kind of tighten it up towards the end. But do you have uh, any quick, you know, Super Bowl picks? Who you think is going to win the whole thing? You had to pick one team. Who are you going to go with? That's tough. You could kind of put all the you know top half of the AFC on a wheel of fortune and spin it. And uh, that's probably who's going to win the Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you you have your dark horses like the Dolphins and the Jets and the Ravens who are like, okay, they're going to hit the over for sure. Um, Raiders even. Um, I think Super Bowl teams, that's tough. It, It really comes down to which one of these good teams gets hot. 
I don't I I don't think you see the Bucks win the Super Bowl again this year. Um, uh, but I like the Raiders. I like the Chargers. I like uh, I like the Bills. Um, is there anyone in the NFC? I mean the Rams. I don't. I don't think the Rams win it. Uh, okay, the actually, 49ers, <laughs> Cowboys. I don't think any team in the NFC will win the Super Bowl this year. I, I think. I, I think, think the Super right. Bowl winner will be an AFC team. Yeah. And I think it will be either the Bengals, the Bills, uh, Chargers, Raiders. Wow, just naming all of them. Maybe Broncos. <laughs> No, notice I left out. Uh, I left out Patriots. I left out Ravens. I left out right, Colts, right. division winner, and I left out uh, Chiefs. I think that uh, the Cowboys will represent the, <laughs> the NFC <laughs> for the first time in a long time. The I thought Cowboys. you said they're going to lose in the second round. No, they will. They will. Okay. However, if I actually had to put money on it, I do think the Cowboys will represent them. I'm not even joking. Even though I joke about the Cowboys losing in the playoffs. I'm not joking this year. I think the Cowboys will make it. And they're going to lose in the Super Bowl. And they will lose in the Super Bowl. That's correct. I think they will lose in the Super Bowl to the Los Angeles Chargers. That's just because the NFC is so dang I think that... No, actually, I take that back. No, not the Chargers. Well, maybe. I don't know. All I, all I know is that I, I have a lot of research to do to try and pick which of these AFC teams is going to be the best. I actually think the Bills are... are, are Fairly worthy, uh, depending on how they f- fare up against oh, their yeah. AFC East counterparts. I don't know if there's a team I'm I'm fairly confident in this year uh, to win it all. So my futures bet might not come until later in the season. How many, but how many wild cards make the playoffs? Is it three now? Well, yeah. So it's the seven seven teams per conference make it right. So uh, okay, so four division winners. Yeah. So three three wild, wild cards. cards. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Exactly. Has every team from a division ever made? I mean, the expanded schedule when you get the expanded playoffs, and it's what been one year. So no, it, I, I highly doubt a whole division has made the playoffs before. No, I think. I mean, three out of four have made it. So I mean, you can. I think it is in the range of outcomes. Oh my gosh! That you see every single team in the AFC East <laughs> make the playoffs. All right. I, I I mean, you're you're a crazy person for thinking that, but that's okay. Anyways. Yeah, I am. I mean, you got the Broncos, Raiders, and Chargers. Right, right. Well, thank you again, Joe. Smoking Joe, everybody. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Uh, Glad we could go through all the different teams, get the draft analysis out of the way, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on soon. Well, thanks for for having me, Christian, and uh, listening listening to me spewing my nonsense. Yeah, hopefully the Panthers have better than a a five-and-a-half win season. So, for your sake, for your sanity. Yeah, we're we're on to Carolina – uh, UNC football now. Yeah, there you go. All right. That was Joe Gregory. Um, and hope you got a little bit out of that and learned a little bit more about the incoming draft picks and some insight into some of these teams. I'm going to quickly go through kind of an you know, A through Z, uh, the NFL teams of the new win totals, if you didn't catch those old numbers. And uh, there have been a lot of shifts. So it's very interesting to see these lines move and maybe get a different perspective. But let's start off with the Arizona Cardinals at 8.5. Um, I kind of like the under on this. I think they win eight games exact. I don't know that they're ready. Uh, they've got a tough uh, division with San Francisco and 
the Rams. I don't know if the Seahawks will put up much of a fight, but that may be the two wins that they get that are out of the eight total. I just I don't think the Cardinals are ready yet. Um, they have a lot of problems, and uh, with Kyler kind of causing a lot of confusion um, amongst you know his contract deal, and then there was the study clause. I just I just don't know that this team is ready. The Atlanta Falcons at four and a half, definitely taking the under on that. They probably win two, three games this year. Uh, Marcus Mariota, not that great of a quarterback. Um, and I, I just don't see them having a good season given they have a you know decent schedule. I'm not saying that the Saints and Panthers are great teams, but I, I definitely think that they've got more going than the Falcons, um, which I don't know if any part of that game is working for them. Baltimore Ravens at 10 and a half. I'm taking the under on this. I actually don't like the offense a lot of people are very high on Lamar Jackson I think Lamar Jackson's not that good um, I don't think that in the division that they're in with the Bengals and the Steelers who I think are going to be surprisingly good this year um, and then the Bengals making obviously probably a good run again towards the playoffs I, I definitely don't see the Ravens having that good of a, a year and you know we go into the exact schedules I've gone into them myself but these are just the picks Buffalo Bills at 11.5. I like the over on that. I think they probably win 12 games. Um, this is going to be their year. If, if they don't get it this year, they probably won't ever get it. So um, I think that the Buffalo Bills are the best pick for the Super Bowl um, in terms of odds. And so I'll, I'll probably be placing a future for the Buffalo Bills. But um, other than that, over on the 11.5 seems like a good deal. Carolina Panthers at 6.5. Uh, that line has moved since... Uh, my conversation with Joe, I got them at five and a half. I still think over six and a half is very attainable. Um, I think Baker Mayfield is really good. You got DJ Moore, absolute monster. And people forget that they had one of the top defenses last year. Started 3-0 and and then things went downhill fast. But, you know, when you're bringing in Cam Newton and, uh, you know, you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback, different story than when you have Baker Mayfield. So taking over six and a half on the Carolina Panthers. Chicago Bears at six and a half, definitely taking the under on that. They don't have anything going for them. They lose Allen Robinson, who is a giant wide receiver for them. And then Justin Fields is a quarterback. I've never been high on Justin Fields. Um, these Ohio State quarterbacks are just not the route, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not a C.J. Stroud guy either, but that will be on the next podcast for the NCAAF. And so taking the under on Bears, six and a half. Cincinnati Bengals, nine and a half. Um, this is a deceptively low line, in my opinion. Uh, considering this is a team that went to the Super Bowl, obviously. I think that you can probably guarantee them 10 wins. So I'm going to take the over on Cincinnati Bengals, 9.5. Cleveland Browns, 8.5. Seems fairly high, considering Deshaun Watson will not be playing for a majority of the season. And although the Browns have looked pretty good in the preseason, I'm just not that confident in their ability to win these games early on. And they have a very tough division that they're going to have to go through so I'm going to have to take the under on 8.5 for the Cleveland Browns. Probably, probably win about seven games. Dallas Cowboys, 10.5. like the over on that. Very good in the season usually, and then uh, it all falls apart in the playoffs. I think that you know they've got all the pieces back. Mike McCarthy is kind of getting used to the team now. I, I actually think that the Cowboys are a fairly good contender for making it to the Super Bowl, finally. Um, but I'm going to take the over 10.5 on the Dallas Cowboys. think that they're definitely going to... Uh, have another good season. Denver Broncos at 10 and a half. This is a tough one. They've got a really, really t- hard division. Um, my only concern is, yes, you've got Russell Wilson, or, yeah, Russell Wilson, sorry, as a, as a quarterback, but you don't have 
um, the offensive line really to support him. So uh, I can see that being maybe a problem for the Broncos, but I'm going to go ahead with the under on on the Broncos. Say they win 10 games, not uh, over 10.5. Detroit Lions, this is one of my top picks. I think the over here is a great, great look. Um, And a lot of people are reaching out to me saying, well, this is the hard knocks effect. I've been saying the Lions were going to be an over 6.5 team since well before hard knocks came out. Um, and I, I really like I like Dan Campbell as a coach. I like the team that he surrounded himself with, all ex-players. Um, I think that helps a lot. And their their team's fired up. They really they were disappointed with the results last season. They had a lot of games that were really really close against really good teams. You know, a couple heartbreaks, losing to the Ravens because Justin uh, Tucker is able to hit 66 yard field goals and hit the bottom of the upright. So. I just I don't think that the Lions are going to face that kind of adversity this year. Looked at their schedule, you can definitely find eight wins, um, if not more. Green Bay Packers at ten and a half. I like the under on this. I don't think this is going to be a top season for Aaron Rodgers. He's got to get used to um, not having Devontae there as his right hand man. I don't know if the defense is going to be able to stack up as years pass. Yes, you've got some decent running backs. Um, but I, I just don't think the Packers are going to be top dog in the NFC as they usually are. Um, so I'm going to go under 10.5 on Green Bay. I think they probably win 10 games. I think before it was 11.5, and, a half and I, I took the under on that as well. So um, Houston Texans at 4.5, going to take the under. They probably win four games, if that. The only teams they'll beat are probably the Jaguars and 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 maybe a game, steal a game against the Titans, but I just don't see the Texans being good at all. Uh, I was high-ish on Davis Mills um, before the preseason. Now that I've seen him play in the preseason a little bit, uh, the Texans are 3-0 and in the preseason, but they also have some problems they need to fix. Indianapolis Colts, 9.5. Uh, uh, I think that the over here is pretty popular. I think they are better than the Titans. I think they win the division still. Matt Ryan is a better uh, quarterback than Carson Wentz, and so I'm going to go over 9.5 on this one with Jonathan Taylor as well, and a a decent defense. Jacksonville Jaguars at 6.5. I think there's a little bit of hope for the Jaguars, not necessarily because Trevor Lawrence is a good quarterback. Um, I don't really think he has shown that yet, but they do pick up some weapons. They bring back Travis Etienne, um, and the chemistry between him and Trevor Lawrence is almost unmatchable. So I I think that the Jaguars make it close to 6.5, but I don't think that they're going to to overcome that hump just this year. So I'm going to go under 6.5 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City Chiefs at 10.5. They've got a tough tough competition this season, and they lose a lot of downfield presence uh, and speed with Tyreek Hill. Um, I think that the Chiefs might might be able to pull off 11 wins. I think that that's a very fair number to put at. A lot of their games, uh, you could say, were decently close last year. I mean, barely beating the Chargers in some thrillers, but uh, they've got a little bit more competition this year. So I'm actually going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Ten and a half is tough. Um, I I mean, I I think I had them under. They were 11 and a half. I had them under at 11 and a half. But I'm going to go over at 10 and a half because I I think they win exactly 11 games. The Los Angeles Chargers also at 10 and a half, um, definitely improving as a team and showing that they can do uh, some damage. I, I like the balance that this team has. I'm going to go with the Chargers having 11 wins. Um, 
that that seems like a, a, a reasonable um, uh, bet, considering I have the Broncos losing or winning nine games-ish, and then two teams having around 10 or 11 games in the AFC West. AFC West is by far the best division, so um, I think that, that those are fair plays. Um, Los Angeles Rams at t- 10 and a half. I, I think the over here is pretty, pretty set. I like the over there. Um, they don't really lose too much. They gain Allen Robinson. So um, you've got two really talented wide receivers. Um, I think that they're able to stretch the field uh, horizontally as well as downfield. So um, definitely taking the Rams over 10.5. The Raiders, 8.5. I like Josh McDaniels as a coach. The preseason, they've shown that they're pretty freaking good. So going to take the over on the Raiders. I think they probably win nine games. So 2-9 win, I mean, they might have a full uh, division of positive records because they're that good. Um, Miami Dolphins at 8.5. This is a tough one. Um, they, they have a new coach who seems pretty good, and, you know, I, I should be higher on the Dolphins than I am. You know, you've got Tyreek Hill, giant pickup, um, and, you know, Tua does have that great accuracy, but he's not really shown he's a downfield threat, which I think would be more crucial for a Tyreek Hill. Um, even though Tyreek claims that Tua is, is amazing and they've got a lot of chemistry going on, this is a tough one um, because if I say the the Miami Dolphins are over 8.5, then I, I might be putting my New England Patriots at under 8.5. Um, so I'm going to go with you know what? I'm going to go with over eight and a half on the Dolphins just because uh, Mac Jones threw a terrible pick last night, so I'm going to have to give them less games than I probably should. Minnesota Vikings at nine and a half. This is wildly, wildly confusing. I, I think the Vikings have maybe I mean a decent team, but Kirk Cousins isn't the guy. He's just not the guy. And nine and a half is an egregious number for the over-under. So I'm going to go under nine and a half. Um, that probably is a rat line. I'm probably falling into a trap, but uh, going to go under on the nine and a half for the Vikings. The Patriots over eight and a half, just calling it straight. The AFC is better than NFC, so a lot of my unders are going to be in the NFC for those cross conference matchups. But um, New England Patriots over eight and a half. They they've got still the best coach in the game. Mac Jones has shown significant improvement, minus the interception from uh, yesterday. If you were watching the uh, third preseason game Patriots versus Raiders just an awful game um New Orleans Saints at eight and a half I like the under on that I think they probably win maybe six seven games uh I don't know if they they don't really have a good quarterback situation going on and I'm just not I'm not sure that they've got all the pieces New York Giants um seven and a half taking the under on that they don't have a quarterback Daniel Jones sucks moving on New York Jets, five and a half, same situation, under, I think they probably win three, four games, uh, Zach Wilson, not the guy, um, even though he's a dog, not the guy, Philadelphia Eagles, nine and a half, Jalen is, in my opinion, also not the guy, and the NFC is the worst division, which does benefit the Eagles here, because they're probably the second, I mean, they're probably the second best in that division, other than the Cowboys, but I'm going to take the Eagles under here, I just, I'm not convinced I don't think that they, I don't think they've got it yet. Steelers seven and a half. Going to take the over on that. I do like Mitch Trubisky. Um, I know that's not very a popular opinion, but I th- I think Mitch is is a very 
talented quarterback. I don't think he's got got good backing from Matt Nangy and Ryan Pace for his history and his resume, but um, he's definitely a lot better than people suspect. And Kenny Pickett has shown to be really, really talented in the, in the preseason. So um, worst comes to worst, they always pull him out, and maybe he has a nice rookie season like Mac Jones did. So I'm going to take the Steelers over 7.5. They still have one of the best defenses in the league. So um, the San Francisco 49ers at 9.5. Um, I'm probably going to go under on this. I think they win nine games this season. I, I'm not convinced, you know, if they pull Trey Lance out, it's all over. And that's a, that's a risk. I don't, I mean, if Jimmy gets injured and they pull Trey Lance out, game over. So I'm going to take the under on that just as kind of a hedge play and, uh, you know, maybe a little predicting of injuries. Um, the Seattle Seahawks at under five and a half. Geno Smith just got announced at QB, um, who, you know, Drew Locke is really bad. But Geno Smith is just, he's done. So that, that's going to be an under 5.5 for the Seattle Seahawks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 11.5. Um, I think they probably win 11 games. So I'm going to go under on that. Uh, they tend to have a couple of hiccups in the season here and there. I mean, they you know had a terrible game against Buffalo. I mean, they were like down 24-3. to They somehow come back to overtime and then lose in overtime. I just, I, I just don't think that this Buccaneers team is fully tack super you know precise and has all the parts working just yet um you know they are still recovering from there's some injuries uh there's some line issues that were happening um yeah and they might start off a little slow uh brady just had uh, you know i don't know if, you gotta take the the chance too that brady is getting too old i mean you gotta take that chance um in Previous seasons, I think that the over was a little bit more enticing. This season, I just think 11 wins is a very fair number, so I'm going to take the under there. Tennessee Titans at 9.5, taking the under. Um, I don't think that they're going to be as good this year. Uh, they're, the whole team is basically relying on Derrick Henry, who has, in my opinion, kind of lost some steam, and I, I don't really like how he's going to be looking going into this season. Um, and Tannehill, one of the, I mean, he's just, one, he's not the guy, but two, he's... He's definitely got some issues um, in terms of consistency, uh, and he's not really, I mean, his major receiver is gone. So both, I mean, he had Julio Jones and A.J. Brown both gone. So that will be interesting. I just don't see it happening. Um, so I'm going to take the under 9.5. Plus, you got to play the Colts twice. Not going to be good. And then the Commanders at 7.5. Taking the under, probably win six, seven games. They're kind of scrappy like that, but Carson Wentz isn't isn't all that great. Um, and you know, with, besides Scary Terry, they really don't have much on the offensive side. So that is my over under picks. And really looking forward to the NFL season. We'll be back with the lines and totals for Week One, and we'll talk about some future bets in that first time too. But that is it. And best of luck. And hope your teams do well.